Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, let's have some fun. Uh, back to Action Radio, and it's uh, I'm like I said, I'm kind of in a weird mood this week. I don't know quite how, I don't know quite what, but I'm getting a little restless, and I think it's time for a change. And I'm not sure exactly what I want to change. Uh, I, I just I love change. I love I, you know, the whole idea of things you know being new and different. And I think we've kind of fallen into a little bit of a rut here with um, almost like a formula. It's really easy to do. You know, we've had fabulous guests. But I think I've had enough guests. I think I've got the information that I want uh, from these incredible guests. And the last one was Ed Dowd last week, and who really confirmed that uh, if we had a full um, liability, uh, product liability on, uh, on vaccines, they'd be off the market. I mean, they'd be recalled. They'd be gone because they can't afford it. They could not afford the liability in an open market. So once again, freedom, uh, when it comes to COVID, freedom always wins. Freedom would have had the information out there, which would have shown that there was no pandemic. Freedom would have had the information that ivermectin, um, hydroxychloroquine, and other things uh, worked just fine. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and the proof is all the people that are still here compared to the, those folks that uh, tragically ended up on the uh, uh, remdesivir ventilator uh, death march and are no longer with us. I mean, there's the proof. Um, but it's just it's interesting that freedom works. And, and so I'm trying to think, how can we get more freedom? What can we do that's going to be new and different and groundbreaking? And I think it's time to get back to legislation. Uh, I think there's a lot more I want to do with that. There's a bill uh, that I want to work on um, from Amber, one of our other reporters, who's uh, been sort of on leave doing college um, on the electric car tax bill, which I want to include a, a hazmat uh, tax on the battery. Um, there's another bill to ban all drug advertising. So there's some other things working. Uh, I just redid our bill last night on illegal alien uh, asset forfeiture. And so I uh, sent that to uh, Brianna, who's on the line right now, too. So we're going to get her on in here in just a second. Um, Josh is on the line, too. Josh, I'm going to hold you for a bit because uh, I want to talk to Brianna for a while and, and see what's up. And then we'll bring you on uh, once you've had a chance to listen to what the issues are, which is what I want to do, too, because I don't know what she has in mind. Um, that's, that's part of the fun of this is that uh, reporters for the show have a huge amount of independence. And, you know, as long as you're interesting, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Not a problem. All right. So let me, get, let me scroll down here really quickly to Brianna Steen. Bring her on and let's get going. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy, a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, all of her skills and knowledge combined into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. Oh, made the wrong line live. Everybody seems to be calling in this morning. Let's go to Brianna. There we go. So hang on, Brianna. Okay, now your line is live. Yeah, Bianchi just called in. Josh is already on the line. It's a busy morning. You're popular. Boy, you haven't even said a thing, and I already got two calls for you. <laughs> this is pretty good. Good morning. Good morning. 
So I, I see you were, uh, I guess, academically um, sort of taken off the show last week for a bit. You had you had previous engagements. Yeah, I had um, the, I had to go ahead and take the ACT, and then I had state testing. So I've been kind of busy. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for being able to do the show and you know study for all these things. What did you think, What did you think of those tests? Were Were they testing you to your your potential? Were they a total waste of time? Were they somewhere in between? Is it a weed out process? Are, are they Are they biased racially? <laughs> Let me throw it all out there. What, what do you think? I'm, I'm just curious. Um. Some of the questions were pretty easy, and then um, they tell you beforehand that there's some things that you will never have seen before when you go in and take it. Um, uh-huh. And so, like, you won't – it's like some things you'll have to guess on, um, especially with, for me, math, just because of, you know, the different schools that I went to and the math that I did learn. You know, I didn't actually learn all of it. <laughs> Did you learn real math, or, so, or I mean, are, they, are they giving you fuzzy, you know, new new world math, or what, what kind of math are they throwing at you? Well, I don't really know what math to compare it to. Oh, okay. So I wouldn't know it. Yeah. Well, let me uh, let me break um, down math because I, I had both worlds of math when I went to school. So I was uh, unfortunately thrown into the new math in Canada. Uh, in 1965, um, at the age of five or whatever it was, um, first grade and uh, maybe second grade, whatever it was. I mean, when uh, when Kamala Harris, the, the 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 acting VP, talks about Venn diagrams, I actually had Venn diagrams, and we had base numbers. You know, we had to learn base one, base two, or base ten, base nine, all this kind of nonsense, right? We had to group numbers by sets. This is this is new math. So the new math completely confused me, but I could do it and I could pass my test. You know, then I went to Australia. I went to a private school there, old English style private school, and I had old math. You know, multiplication tables. You know, addition, subtraction, division. You know, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, long division, real things. <laughs> it was it was really amazing, uh, and I had no idea how to do any of it. And of course, all the kids would would laugh at you when when the teacher yelled at you to stand up and say your you know give me your, your give me the five times table. And then, of course, it happened to me early because I was, you know, the new Canadian in Australia. And they said, and I said, what? <laughs> Multiplication table. Give me five, you know, five times one, five times two, five times what? I said, huh? What, what are you talking? I had no idea. I'd never heard of a multiplication table. Needless to say, it was one of my more embarrassing moments. Uh, but that's math. And so this is how kids get screwed up. And I got screwed up English, math, you name it, because I was learning old systems and new systems as I was in that kind of crossover. So that's why I asked you. Are, are you a, a victim of new math, or did you learn old math, or do you have both thrown at you? Um, well, I remember whenever I was in, like, younger grades, like maybe, like, third or fifth grade and stuff, we would work on, um, like, long division and multiplication tables. But after that, it was really just, like, uh, remember what you can in your head, and then for everything else, you just go on the calculator for. And so we don't mm-hmm. really... I'm not sure if anybody really in the grade ranges around me um, uh-huh. writes down to solve through long division or multiplication tables. I'd be surprised if, you know, a lot of people actually remembered how to do long division. Hmm, that's interesting. Because just out of curiosity. it's not a tool that we use anymore. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. Um, do, you, do you know how to use a slide rule by chance? Let's talk about middle technology. Did you say a flag roll? 
slide, S-L-I-D-E, a slide rule. In other words, it's a ruler with a, with a middle section that slides, and it has, a, has a, uh, like a cover plastic piece on top with a red line. It allows you to calculate. It's, it's an old-style it's old calculator. I no, I don't think we've ever used that. Have you ever heard of Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay, well you can say so. Don't don't be embarrassed. I mean, it, actually, that I'd be surprised if you had, you know, quite honestly. But uh, cause, but this is just, this this is just one of those old devices that I find interesting. You know, I, I learned how I know how we to use, use a sundial. Protractors. Okay, well that's actually that's uh, that's similar because there are things called a circular slide rule. In fact, anybody that uh, learned how to fly. Uh, up through maybe 20 years ago, would have what they call a flight computer. Well, a flight computer is nothing more than a circular slide rule. And on the back of it, it has a wind, um, a crosswind component device, which is nothing more than a protractor, you know, just measuring angles of, of wind to direction of flight. So all this kind of stuff, it's amazing. You know, uh, uh, could you use an abacus? I mean, let's, let's, let's go really, let's get really ancient on us here. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just curious. World's first calculator. China, 5,000 years ago. Are you, like, asking, or is that, like... Yeah, I am. Um, uh, but I, I know you take two yeah, seconds to okay. think, no matter what, so I always, I always give you that little space before, uh, before I leap in and go, do you know what I'm talking about? You know, or something like that. <laughs> so let me ask you, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> um, no, but I did now Google the world's first calculator. Uh-huh. It's called a... Or Pascaline. Oh, um, from Pascal? Or an arithmetic machine. Okay. What's it look like? I don't It was built by a French mathematician, philosopher Blaise Pascal, in Pascal, between 1642 and 1644. I was right. It was Pascal. It's not as old as what? I thought. Well, no, that's not the first. No, no, no. Look up Abacus. <laughs> A-B-A-C-U-S. This is this is a this is European arrogance saying that that's the first calculator. I get news from <laughs> calculators go back thousands of years. Oh, <laughs> I've seen these. These are like baby toys. Well, not if you don't have electricity. <laughs> not baby. You know, if you're if you're like counting cattle, you know, back in ancient times, or if you're uh, if you're on the the silk trade or the spice trade. You know, and you've got to calculate how much, how many shekels you're handing over for your, for your uh, silk or spice or tea or whatever it is. Yeah, you better. It's not for kids. Uh, I mean, it can be. I mean, it's a great. Well, that, well it's how you teach to... kids to count. Oh, okay. Well, all right. So, this is, so they were used. Did they? Did you use that in, in like homeschool stuff? An abacus? That's interesting. I mean, I learned how to use one later, but you know, just because I was curious, it wasn't part of my um, my education. But yeah. My self-education. No, I didn't start homeschool until high school, but okay. they had these in doctor's offices. Oh, did you? Yeah. Do you know how they work? I mean, this, this is a really great discussion. I never know where yeah, we're going to go. You just slide the pegs back and forth. Yeah, but they all represent numbers, and they represent you know the 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 ones, the tens, the hundreds, the thousands, the tens, the thousands, the hundreds of thousands, and millions. If you have one that big. Oh. So yeah, each one is ten times. Each one is ten times. <laughs> no, that's okay. Fine. We're totally off track at this point. But uh, getting back to your original point about the fact that um, you know these tests are giving you things that are unexpected. That's the whole point of education is to come at things that are unexpected. You can't go five minutes on this show without getting something unexpected. Neither can I. That's because we never know. Yeah. You know, so 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, any other observations on that? And then we can get to anything else you want to talk about. Then I'll, I'll, I'll work my way through our, our, our callers who are already here in just a little bit. So what's, what's, yeah. your, what's your big concern today? So um, one of the things is, you know, going further with what I started talking about last week. And mm-hmm. um, coincidentally, the part that came up, um, or the, the second part to it, is all about education. Ironically. Oh, interesting. So, huh. What What are the yeah. chances, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. One of the things I notice, like within what I, one of the classes that I'm doing right now is just world civilizations. And one of the things that I've kind of noticed in this one part where it talks about um, the Crusades and um, the Ottoman Empire it will, like, go out and tell you. It says, okay, the Ottoman Empire was peaceful, so people wanted to be under their control um, instead uh-huh. of the Christian crusaders because they were <laughs> horrible <laughs> and brutal. And it would wait, tell wait, us did, that. Did the Armenians know but that? But the problem that <laughs> – well, the problem with that and stuff is, you know, you can take it at face value. You can question it. You can look up. You can see if it's, it's real or not. You know, I haven't right. really gone that far. I've been a little busy. Uh-huh. But one of the things is it doesn't tell you, like, why or, or how or what made those characteristics. Like, besides, you know, religious tolerance, besides you're getting taxed if you're not a Muslim, you know, that's the only thing that it gives for it being peaceful or not. You know, it doesn't give me many examples. It doesn't explain why these are all characterized as violent or why these are characterized as peaceful. You know, it doesn't go anywhere deeper than that. And so we give, it leaves you with all of these different questions. But See, the whole point is, is that, no, what's good is that you're asking the questions. And this is what is so good about what you're doing here is that, uh, and this is something I think that we, we really do at Action Radio, is try and ask the questions nobody asking, nobody else is asking, things people have never thought of. So I guess they're expecting you to accept this blanket statement that the Ottoman Empire, being Muslim, was, was peaceful and that the, the horrible Christians were evil because they had the Crusades, even though the Muslims invaded you know, Jerusalem, most of the European world, and then, uh, you know, in an incredibly violent conquering way. And then the Crusades, I guess, I'm not really well-versed in this period in history, but the Crusades basically were to kick the Muslims back, you know, to uh, the Arab countries where they started and out of Europe. Yeah, well, the original purpose of the Crusades was to reclaim the Holy Land. So that would be Israel, Jerusalem. That's where, that's where it really started. And there were like three Crusades, weren't there? Yes. Okay. But I don't now, the know Ottoman a whole em- lot about them. So. Okay. Well, I'll get Pianca in a minute. He'll tell us because he's good at ancient history. But the Ottoman Empire was basically a modern Muslim empire that's now mostly Turkey. Um, but the Ottomans were uh, basically, I think the Ottoman Empire was destroyed pretty much after World War One. And so anybody that yeah, thinks of the Ottoman were. Empire, so anyone that thinks of the Ottoman Empire is peaceful should watch the movie Gallipoli, <laughs> where they basically, uh, you know, through British uh, unintelligence through a stupid move. They sent Australians and New Zealand troops to take this bridge at Gallipoli, but they mistimed the bombardment. So they had the bombardment to kick the, the, the Turks out of the trenches with the machine guns. And then they stopped the bombardment for like half an hour and then sent the, the, the Australian troops in. Well, of course, all the, all the Turks had gone back to their machine gun posts and they mowed down the Australian New Zealand soldiers. One of the greatest uh, military disasters, Churchill's big disaster, actually. Uh, but that was the Ottoman Empire. Anyway, back to you. 
Yeah, it, it's definitely, I guess, a topic that I don't know a whole lot about yet, but that's mm-hmm. just one of the things I've noticed. Oh. But moving on from that, I'm going to yeah. see, did I finish that finish? Um, Okay. Well, it's just the yeah, assumption so that, that uh, it's it's the bias. We talked about bias in the testing, but the bias that the uh, the, the the Muslim Ottomans are peaceful and, and the the horrible Christians are violent. Uh, they can't say that. They just can't make a blanket statement like that. That's biased. Yeah, that's kind of why I had the questions. You know, like why are they characterized like that? So I'm gonna have to go in and, and you know do the extra research to really understand it. Well, let's 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 take what we know. And let's use our, our, our brains here for a little logic uh, and reason. Given the political state, who is in favor and who is not in favor in leftist woke America? Muslims or Christians? Um, well, the Muslims are in favor and the Christians are not. I think that's kind of the answer to the question. That's why it's characterized this way. When, when was this information you had written? I guarantee you it's in the last um, 15 years. Yeah, it, it was within the last 15 years, but I don't exactly know when. Okay, give or take. All right. I mean, you wouldn't find something like this written in the yeah. 60s. Guarantee it. Or the 70s. Or the 80s. Possibly the 90s. Yeah. But well, definitely, I, know, I would say the 2000s. I know after World War II, a lot of things changed within American society. You know, uh-huh. the, educa- the education system changed. That was a lot of John D. Rockefeller and... Um, one of the other well, uh, he did a lot actually you know he changed the medical industry um, mm-hmm. of course most people know him as this big oil man you know who who controlled this all um uh they call it a robber baron mm-hmm. um, but you know he also changed a lot of, like the social and the educational and the healthcare policy or uh, systems within America of how it actually ran um, and that's one of, the, one of the things that he did that um, I learned was, you know, he was part of the women's rights movement. And, you know, that's good and everything, except that he wasn't actually doing it out of morality or anything. You know, he, mm-hmm. what was said is he knew that there'd be, if you got more women to go to work, that would be more tax money. That would be coming in. Yep. So, yeah, so just, one of the big well, components of the women's rights. Yeah. Oh, no, you're onto something here. In fact, this might be a great report um, just because just because it would be interesting to follow this through. But, but the whole feminist movement, uh, a lot of the backers were basically uh, government people um, that wanted women working because that meant more taxes, more income tax. Um, the, 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 a lot of the push for women to get the vote was by socialists because they know that women as a group, you know, vote more socialist than men do when it comes to, you know, voting for freedom versus this is why you find more men, you know, more male conservatives, maybe not these days, at least I hope not. Um, but things are changing, but for just by general nature over the, over the history of our country, women tend to vote more for Democrats and more for socialists and more for big government programs, more for security. Men tend to vote more for freedom, you know, gun issues, lower taxes, you know, business stuff, things like that. Um, so it, well, it makes I perfect think sense. Also, it is a part of uh-huh. appealing to them because whenever you hmm. look at it, you know, um, 
characteristically, I'm saying this like on a general level, you know, there's the conservatives that are big proponents who push for like less government, you know, they want um, Christian values, you know, they want freedom. This is what they, they want to provide. They want to say like, you have your own freedom to do this. Well, the, mm-hmm. the, well, the like leftists or like the Democrats, what they a lot of times push, which I think is what kind of uh, gets people to go to their side is incentives. You know, they give themselves more power in order to do things to make people like them and stuff. And so they're like, hey, we'll give you all this free money if you vote for us. Or, hey, you'll get all this extra rights or you'll get more power. Or, you know, they make all these promises and stuff of what happens if you vote for them. And what happens is you want it, so you go and vote for them. But then what you also do is you give them more power to take away from you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right on that. And I right think that's there. why. Yep. Go ahead. That's why what? Yeah, I was just saying I think that's why you were saying that, you know, they're more attractive to the women rather than the men. Uh, I think it's different, though. I just think there's a, a basic difference between women and men in terms of security and freedom. And in fact, I've talked with Dorothy about this on Mondays. I've talked to other folks that, um, you know, everything from relationships to economics to everything else, that there's just, and it's, it's not all. I mean, this is, is one of these, you know, you can't say all. Because um, a lot of guys that would rather, you know, be more in a more secure environment, you know, living in mommy's basement or whatever. But um, it's just, it just seems to be a pattern that more women vote Democrat because they want the government you know, taking care of people, of things, you know, spending money, that kind of stuff. And the guys are more apt to be on their own and try and want to build things for themselves uh, and do things for themselves. And that, I think that's just a human, you know, human nature. Now, of course, we both need each other, but it's because uh, it makes a great compliment. Uh, but, the, uh, but the basic nature of socialism is that it wants more women because, you know, women are more likely to vote for bigger governments and spending more money, which gets more power, which is what the Democrats want. The hardest part, though, is two things are hard. One, the fact that schools turn out basically socialists, we have to convert back to America first people. Uh, uh, and the second one is it's harder to fight, you know, someone who's giving away free stuff uh, and telling people that, you know, your real, the real joy in life is your liberty, is your freedom, is the ability to do for yourself, because that takes work. And especially these days, people are much more willing to take, you know, unemployment for not working than they are to get a job. And that's why we have the problem we have. When once the population finds, you know, doing nothing and sitting on their butts, you know, to be more important or actually, you know, of some kind of value compared to actually making something and doing something. It used to be the population was disgusted. They wouldn't take free money. They wouldn't take welfare back in, uh, back in uh, the Depression. That's why they had all those work camps and work things. Even if they didn't even do real jobs, it didn't matter. Uh, as long as the people were working, they felt they could take money. Well, that's not a problem now, especially with the illegals crossing yeah. the border. So it's a value change. It's a huge value change. But I think you're right, though. Yeah, um, and, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and that's one of the things that a lot of conservatives are trying to do now. You know, they're trying to instill better values in children and in other people, you know, mm-hmm. to, to have that sense of, you know, not only morality, but of, like, what's right and wrong, but also to earn what you do. You know, like God said, you know, you receive what you work or, or reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. In a lot of sense that people know it. No. Yeah, but people and one of the, the other re- reaping more than the sowing part. It's the sowing part that's the, really the important part. You got to you got to start with something, you know. But uh, yeah. And I can see like how back in history at this point, mm-hmm. 
I mean, it's kind of rare now, but I think it really lasts within the older generation. Other than that, it's pretty rare. But where people take, you know, a, a part of dignity in, you know, doing work and then earning from it and a sense of shame if they just receive kind of free money. Mm-hmm. Because if you just receive free money for not actually doing things, then it's almost like, you know, you're not able to do things. Well, it's conditioning. And it's almost like an insult. Is what, it is, would it's be. It's just kind of like one of the things that I w- yeah. I think an estimate of maybe how that's going with their values. Or maybe you just know it's wrong. I think the, there's a difference. Though. I think there are those that don't see it wrong to just take free money, that want a guaranteed income, that think that the government – in fact, I talked to – I remember um, – when Shelby was on, and Shelby spent a lot of time in Canada, and I, and I was born in Canada, but I don't remember much of it. But when she was there, people were perfectly willing to not work. They said, why should I work? The government's going to pay me you know, X dollars for doing nothing. And, and that to you and me is wrong. You know, something in the pit of our stomach says, wait a minute, I shouldn't be just taking money. Uh, that's, that's, not, that's not dignified. That's not my character. But for a lot of people in the world, it is because they've been conditioned to it. And that's what's happening here is that there's a whole younger generation that is being conditioned more and more. And anybody that took money for COVID to not work for a year and a half, you know, they're thinking, oh, it's easy. Why should I go back to work? The government's paying me. Well, the government's not paying you. All the rest of us that are working are paying. And we don't like it. <laughs> you know, so that what happens is that, um, you know, the people that are working to support the, 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 the half that's not working stops working. And that's when the system collapses. And that's what we're, you know, that's where we might be at some point. But question on conservatives, though. Because the traditional you know, view is that conservatives value freedom and independence and all that kind of stuff. But it's the conservatives that are, that are pushing this war in Ukraine. It's the conservatives that push business subsidies you know, and all kinds of corporate welfare. You know, the Democrats push personal welfare, individual welfare. But, but the, you look at the Republicans especially you know, push, are pushing corporate welfare. I mean, we still have huge subsidies to Archer Daniels Midland for ethanol. We have subsidies for sugar. We have subsidies that go back to the Depression, which were designed to keep family farms in business, and now they're keeping huge agribusiness uh, in business to the point where they're buying up all the family farms. You know, and you mentioned uh, Rockefeller earlier. Um, Bill Gates reminds me very much of, of John D. Rockefeller. So rich that they think they yeah, actually have the brains I'm to run actually, the entire society. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm actually about to get in with that with the um – Oh, please do. The next half of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't start with him, but it gets into him. Like it's, it's like a trickle-down kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It starts kind of um, – remember when I was talking about Alice Bailey last week? Or not last week, the week before. Not exactly. So give me the 10-second the, the refresher course. She was the one who created, like, the Luciferian kind of thought oh, yes. and religion and stuff instituted in the United Nations. Yes. Horrible person. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. And so with her other ideas, she had the idea of a new age, which is to transcend the old and to transcend the uh, – Christianity, basically, because, of course, they hate Christianity. And she believed that Christians are a problem. You know, they have to, you know, bypass that or change that. Because mm-hmm. without with Christians, you know, they're, I guess she knew that if there's Christians there, she can't institute this. Um, no. And so one of the things that I, I, I saw with this, and I had to go up, go in, 
to check and make sure that I was thinking on the right path here. Uh-huh. But whenever she was saying a new age and transcend the old, well, it kind of made me think of the great leap forward. Where uh. you get rid of the four olds. And it was the old ideas, old culture, old customs, and old habits. And that was all found in Mao's um, great socialist economy. Mm-hmm. What was the end? Ideas, cultures, habits, and what was the last one? Customs and habits. Customs. In other words, the great replacement. Take everything that was to, and get rid of it and then basically start over. That's why you get rid of the statues mm-hmm. and the history and you burn the books and you take away all the old knowledge. Uh, it was right out of 1984, George Orwell. You know, you replace the words, you replace the, the actions. You only tell people the history that makes sense of the cultural revolution. So help me out on this. Do you know the difference? And, and later. This is why I'm at, yeah, go ahead. Don't get my question. Oh, um, later okay. it'll come in where she hi- where highlighted in the education is instilling Marxist values, but that'll come later. So you go ahead. Yeah. Please. Is this an article you're, you're reading from or is this something you've written or what, what, what's your source on this? Um, here, let me go back. I have, um, Alex Newman, basically, he was the same guy as the other week, and basically he's done a ton of research and read a bunch of the different articles on this, Mm -hmm. and I think he was, I think he might be the one who used to be a journalist, or that might have been a different person. Okay, only because we always want to quote our, quote our sources on the show. Uh, well, we, we take credit for what we yes. do, but we always give credit for, for anybody else's work. And that's, that's good for them, good for us, and it's, it's just, it's, it's general, that's just what we do. Uh, so anytime you, you have a source, feel free to give it, even if you've given it before. Just say this is from Alex Newman, you know, and a date especially, or, or a website source or things like that. Uh, always makes it really helpful. But, um, yeah, um, great leap forward versus the cultural yeah, revolution. Has- Go ahead. He is no, a sorry. journalist, and he has um, the Foundation for American Christian Education. Okay. So that'd be FACE? So that's a good way to have Is that what it's called? FACE? F-A- you know, Foundation for American Christian Education? FACE? Is that the acronym? Um, yeah, I guess <laughs> it would be. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just curious. All right. <laughs> Yeah. It's always cool when people get acronyms like FIRE, the Foundation for uh, Independent uh, Research and Education or something like that. Anyway, okay, Gene, um, this is why I love our reports because they literally are all over the place. The, the Great Leap Forward versus the Cultural Revolution, because I heard described last night that we're in the Cultural Revolution. In other words, everything that's, that's crazy and wacko uh, is good and everything that's wholesome and wonderful, you know, is bad. So we're, we're, trying to, we're redefining our culture. And so the great leap forward was basically getting rid of the ideas, cultures, habits, and customs. So they kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Or do they? Do you, do you see a difference in the sources there or just from your own knowledge? I'm trying to figure out where we are. Um, between like the new age and... Well, there's, um, uh, you mentioned the great leap forward, but there's also something called the cultural revolution. Yeah. They might be the same thing by two different names. I don't know. I'm just trying to keep them straight in my head. Well, I don't know. It might be. I'm going to Google that. Okay. Or you can just check your source or just continue on with uh, with this report. Okay. Um, 
Cultural Revolution was known as the Great Proletariat. Wait, that's Wikipedia. Hold on. Yeah, um, not always the most reliable source, but that's okay. Yeah, that's it you. says it was the political movement by Mao Zedong. Well, that seems kind of tepid. <laughs> Millions of people died. Wait a minute. Let's, let's see if we can give it a little more, a little more credit for, for destroying, you know, you know, millions of lives. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that, that's like saying the Inquisition was, uh, um, was a change in religious policy. <laughs> yeah, like, huh? Yeah. Um, so back to this, though. Uh-huh. Um, Right here, it says Robert Mueller. He's an assistant secretary general of the United Nations. He's like the number two guy. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of him before? Because I have not. The only Robert Mueller I know is the one that had the Mueller report, who was this aging, decrepit, old, you know, uh, curmudgeon uh, at the FBI that had no concept of what he was doing in the, the investigation of Donald Trump and Russia and the Steele dossier and all this other stuff uh, as part of the bogus first impeachment. That's the only Robert Mueller I know. I don't think it's okay. the same person. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, I ahead. do so not know. What did but this Robert Mueller do? he wrote the World Core Curriculum. Oh. And it's basically filled with, you know, evolution and all things that coincide with the worldview. Mm-hmm. And he basically got this philosophy from Alice Bailey. And there's a book that he was talking about called Education in the New Age. And that's kind of what I'm about to go into here. Okay. So the first part here is that the education system was to create good world citizens. So basically, they'll set up this global education system to create um, to create in this younger generation mm-hmm. people that will be good citizens within their world government, which is basically you know people who submit to their control and obey everything that they say. You know, don't mm-hmm. ask questions, just do. Don't mm-hmm. think. Sounds familiar. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. Don't be a Christian. You know, things like that that assign with all their other beliefs that they've been trying to instill. Mm-hmm. And what they they it says they will create this education for good world citizens by fusing Marxism and neo scholasticism and the methods of John Dewey. And John Dewey, I know that he was another philosopher or American philosopher. And um, one of the things I know a lot of people like criticize um, the education system because they thought, you know, it failed to give students academic skills and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the founder of the philosophical movement known as pragmatism, a pioneer in functional psychology and a leader in the progressive movement in the education of the United States. And I know he was um, against kind of um, like what was it? Not from uh, laissez-faire. That was what it was. Laissez-faire, yeah. Laissez-faire is basically French for hands off. Yes. Is, is, oh, I don't know. It's we can we look up a little like translation. A, fair is the verb to, to do or yeah, fair is to do or to make. F a i r e. So let's say fair is to uh, I guess you know just leave alone or let it make itself. Uh, anyway, whatever it is, it's it's the government policy. It's the least regulation possible. 
let the free market work. Yeah. That's why I free say market. Fair. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he wasn't he did not support that at all. Um and he doesn't really see or agree with like the individualistic view. So that's kind of who he is on a general level. Mm-hmm. But he was um a co founder of the humanist religion and one of the founders of the American public education system. And Gee, I know that um <laughs> originally whenever they were creating our education system, they created a united system and stuff. But I know in the eighteen early nineteen hundreds, this is when Rockefeller started sticking his nose in other people's business. And he created <laughs> like the educate the mandatory education. Mm-hmm. Why would education be mandatory? Like, I guess where you would instill the curriculum. What? Yep. Why do you think education was made mandatory? So they could make everybody think the same. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that's a perfect answer. Yeah. Yeah. Because you look at uh, our founders. They didn't go to a government school. You know, the if there's, I remember, I always remember this PBS special on on letters from Civil War soldiers. And these were, you know, young, you know, boys, mostly 16, 17 years old that came from farms. Uh, and yet they wrote, you know, exquisite letters with perfect handwriting. And they didn't go to a government school. They might have gone to a one-room schoolhouse. So basically most of them were taught at home. You know, so you, you trace the, yeah. the, um, the ability of people to write and think, you know, and they think of like these Civil War soldiers, you know, they may have been barefoot because they were poor, but not because they were stupid, because they weren't. Uh, they knew exactly what they were fighting for. Uh, even if they believe things that we think are wrong today, um, which is fine, but that's 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 the, that's human nature. But they weren't stupid; they weren't blindly going into this, you know. And then you look at you know yeah. the modern education system. You look at look at the people that did it. They all have the, some certain things in common. They have to kick out God because they want to be God. They have to oppress economics because they want to control the money and the property. Uh, they have to control education because they want everybody to think the same as you just said. And they have to control the culture. You know, because they want everybody, you know, believing and acting in a certain way. It's total control. So the worst possible people to teach people to have what they call critical thinking or what you might characterize as individual thinking skills, the worst possible people for that are these people, the people that actually created our education system, because they want just the opposite. They want everybody to think the same. They want everybody compliant with the government. They want everybody accepting of a world government. They want everybody thinking that the individual means nothing. They want everything that's the exact opposite of what this country stands for. So how the hell did they get in charge yeah, of education? Also, I think that... <laughs> Go ahead. Well, from, from what I've seen, I think it kind of comes from like a personality off of what you have learned. Oh, Because okay. whenever you look at it, in history and today, you know, all the people on that side were, you know, just like you said, the people that you don't want to be doing these things, people you don't want in power, you know, the right. people that you don't want to be, you know, creating things or instilling things. These are the people that, you know, believe believe these things, of course, but they're the ones mm-hmm. that are out and they're causing the problems. You know, they're going out and doing it. You know, they're causing a ruckus. They're, they're changing it, you know. And a lot of it, from what it seems like, it might be from anger or greed. Um, yeah, or projection. Just like from an or, outside well, world. I think there's a certain yeah. part of the population that feels of, that uh, they, 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 they both need to control people and they're justified because they have the ability uh, to know what's right for everybody. And they, I think they actually believe their own propaganda. 
And those are the people least you yeah. know, qualified in it for politics, yet, yet they're the ones most likely to be in it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, I guess, who are on the opposite side of the spectrum, I guess, on a, on a large level, not necessarily conservative, but just mm-hmm. anybody on the opposite side in general. I think what they have is, you know, they don't really want to go and cause problems. You know, they, they just want to know live, really. And I think whenever things start getting in the way with that, I think that's when people start popping up and saying, hey, 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 we don't like this. We want to change this now. You know, Mm -hmm. I think people kind of like stay out of the ring for as long as possible because they don't want to have any problems. You know, they they don't want to cause issues. They don't want to, you know, change things for the worse. You know, if something's working and something's good, you know, they want to keep it. And so they don't interact until they need to. Yeah, it's like the the conservatives, patriots want to be left alone, but the left wants wants you wants mm-hmm. to mandate that you do what they do and think what they think. I wrote something uh, on Facebook right before the show that caused a huge stir. Uh, I made it friends only, which means I might have to do it again. But I was listening to one of these other uh, trans stories. You know, of course, the most of the, of the shootings, these these violent murders that are happening. Well, of course, all murders violent, um, but they're happening with trans people, and uh, the left isn't talking about it. And yet, uh, Riley Gaines, who I actually tried to contact and get her on the show, uh, this is back a few months ago, she's the swimmer that had to swim with Michael Thomas, the dude, you know, on, on the women's swim team. Yeah. And she actually tied him in one race, right? She tied him within, within the hundredth of a second, and they still gave the award to him because it was the political thing to do. So I wrote something this morning real quick. I said, trans rights? How can you have a right to something you can never be and force us to believe the impossible just to please you? And that got a whole lot of attention. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really go back on Facebook and see. But it's true. It's, it's just that we, we now have it's people like trying to create rights. It's right to abortion. <laughs> <laughs> like the most impossible, like the most yeah, exactly. impossible sentence that somebody can yeah. think of. <laughs> oh, yeah. And all this other. Well, this, so now why, why is the gender erasure going on? Why is it that, uh, that we can't have two sexes, men and women, which is the obvious way the world is created? Uh, we all know that. Well, how I see it, go ahead. Uh, how I see it is, you know, God made man and woman with value. You know, He has a value and a purpose for not only individuals, but for mm-hmm. whether you're a male or female. There's something mm-hmm. specific and unique and amazing about that. And whenever mm-hmm. you erase that and you devalue it to where you know being a woman or a man is worthless or, or meaningless, where you know you're not an amazing creation, you know, at that point, everybody is, what they can do is they can get everybody into the, I guess you would say the Marxist ideology. Uh, they're all on the same level, which is dirt. And that's, and that's kind of what, well, what would happen? You know, mm-hmm. that's all we would all, that's the value that we would all have. It wouldn't be as an individual, wouldn't be as a man or a woman. It would just be as dirt, basically, a, a worker, you know, somebody that's harming the planet for them. You know, whenever no, you makes, lose value, yeah. you don't have a standing. And and that, that, I think the the taking away, I think that's, that's an absolutely brilliant observation, that the absolute taking away of all shred of humanity, that you're not a child of God, you're a child of the state, uh, and all children are the same. There are no men or women. There are no males or females. There is no difference between anybody. You're all exactly the same. And then they redefine the groups by race, by, um, you know, economic class, by things like that. So, so not only do they want the right yeah. to, uh, 
to characterize everybody. They want the right to take away all the things that we already have that would prevent us from being categorized. I mean, I don't walk down the street going, oh, I'm a white guy. You know, that's what I am. You know, I don't think like that. <laughs> you know, I don't care unless it, it happens to come up on the, on the show. It's about the only time I think I, I ever talk or even think about this stuff. Um, otherwise, I just live my life. You know, and I think most independent people do that. You know, but it, it all comes down to God, family, and country. You can't have a nation because that gives you identity. You can't have a sex because that gives you identity. You can't have God because that gives you a power higher than other people, you know, and other than government, which is basically people. Uh, and so this, this all ties together. And all the, the worst possible people to run societies are the ones that seem to end up doing it. And I think that's why they hate Donald Trump so much, because what he represents is God, family, and country. And he talks about, you know, we Americans. He doesn't talk about himself. He's the only politician I know that doesn't say the word I 75 times a speech like Obama used to do. Very, very different. Yeah. You want to take, yeah. Do you want to take a call or you want to tell me more stuff? Um, either way, I have some, and, this, and what I'm about to get into is Bill Gates. Well, let's just keep going. Callers, hang on. We've got uh, Josie's coming up in a little bit, and, and of course the third hour is completely open. But uh, I want to let you finish your report. That's, that's the most important thing, first of all. So go for it. Tell me more. Tell me, I'll try and tell go through this quickly the, for him. <laughs> no, don't rush. No, it's okay. And if you, we need to pick it up next week. I mean, I love the fact that our reports continue on. But uh, I never thought about Bill Gates and, and John Rockefeller being sort of similar, uh, what do you call them, uh, archetypes? Oh, they're very just, similar. Yeah, I didn't know that. I think that's, it's this both is, this... a way of reframing things, having control, okay. being rich in order to have or to own a lot of land and control. <laughs> but Bill Gates, he went to UNESCO, which is what I talked about last year, the United Nations um, Education something cultural. Here, here, here. Office or something like that probably. Right here. United Nations Educational Scientific Cultural Organization. Organization. Okay. There we go. Um, yeah. And so in 2004, he went to the UNESCO headquarters, and he signed an agreement with for UNESCO and Microsoft. And what would happen is they would start working together to create, and there's these four things, world education standards, a world syllabi, world tech systems, and world teacher training programs. Hmm. And then afterwards, I think it, I think it came in about 2010, is what I'm guessing. Is Gates spent 2.3 billion dollars on Common Core because you know there was an idea, and whenever you go on Google and you look it up, it's like oh there was an idea and stuff. But you know, and when you look up how Bill Gates fits into it, they say oh well somebody needed to fund this new um, curriculum idea, so he went in and did this, um, and. Basically, he spent the money to create this and instill it within the education system. And what it was is what it was in order to do, it was, it was to line the American education system up with international standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, um, all of this is a that's globalization a common thing. Yeah, there's, a, there's been a few things. I remember back in the 80s or 90s, I remember the, it was the 90s, the first, uh, well, it was the Clinton administration. Uh, they talked about harmonizing the laws. We have to uh, comply with laws of other nations. In fact, one of the Supreme Court judges talked about that. Uh, maybe it was Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who said that South Africa has a better, you know, constitution and government than we do because they're, you know, they've harmonized or whatever it is. Maybe, maybe I'm confusing the issues. But anyway, that was a big deal. 
And of course, that doesn't, that doesn't apply in the United States because the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. We don't have to harmonize with anybody. And, and, and this whole WHO treaty, everybody's getting all upset. Oh, no, the WHO's going to take our rights away. They can't do it. Only if you let them, only if you believe it. But if you, if you don't believe it, then they can't. You know, so we need a collective national education yeah. to tell people that these people, they cannot take your rights away. Even if Brandon signs an agreement, it doesn't matter. You can't sign your rights away in a piece of paper, especially by somebody who's not even president. I mean, let's get real. Anyway, go ahead. Tell me more. <laughs> well, I think one of the problems is now a lot of, you know, children and people my age and even older adults, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of them don't realize the freedoms that they have lost. They don't really understand freedom. And I think part of that is because they've had the privilege of freedom for so long and they haven't actually had the true knowledge to understand what it is. You know, they haven't had the time to sit down and, and you know, listen to somebody who, you know, experienced not having freedom. You know, and so I think the fact that they don't know what it is to not have freedom, they don't know what mm-hmm. it is to have freedom, and they don't realize when they lost it. There's another possibility, too, I want you to think about, that uh, they have a different definition of freedom. Uh, I was reading something yesterday. Uh, it was in Time magazine. It was by a liberal author talking about how the, uh, the conservatives only believe that freedom is individual rights and personal property. How dare they? The real freedom comes from government uh, and from making people equal. That's what freedom is. And that's, of course, a bunch of nonsense. And I'm reading more and more of this going, oh, my God, because I kind of skimmed the article before I, I read it on the air, which I'll do a lot of times. Like, oh, this is good. Let's try this. You know, and then I actually read it on, on the show. I'm like, whoa, my God, I can't believe this. This is terrible. You know, but that's what happened. So I think one of the problems is how people understand freedom. So if you're looking for a paper to write, especially one that you could read on the show, define freedom, understanding freedom. And maybe even including the understanding of how other people see freedom, especially if you're a leftist. Well, let's do, let's do a little comparison here. Um, so as, how do you see freedom and how do you think the left sees freedom? And you can include the things I said before and add to them whatever you want. But how, how do you see freedom? What, what is freedom to you? That actually is a really interesting discussion. But yeah. um, for me, you know, freedom kind of gives you ability. Missy, no. And... Like, you are able to hold your own religious beliefs. You are able, I think it's all of the traditional values, I guess, you know, where you don't have the government telling you what to do. You know, Mm -hmm. you can live on your own land. You can work what you want to work as long as it doesn't infringe on the rights of somebody else. You can Mm -hmm. do whatever occupation you want to do. I think that... You have the freedom to talk to anybody you want to talk to. You can say anything that you want to say. You know, I think you just have ability. I, I think mm-hmm. you have, you can go where you want to go. And I think you ha- can do what you want to do as long as you do not trample on the individual rights of another citizen. Yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense. I remember- and the left wants just the opposite. <laughs> they do want to tell you what your rights are and what you can do and where you can live and what energy source you can use and what you have to believe and what education system you have. And, uh, you know, you, you, they want you in a planned community. They, I think they call it the 15-mile city. Have you ever heard of that? Where everything you need is within 15, a 15-minute 15 city. Everything you need is within 15 minutes walk. Your job, your store, your entertainment, your movie theater. You know, your, your liquor store, yeah, you know, I, I your school. I've talked about it before where they will create yeah. like a transportation where you can't, trans, you cannot, um, I guess in any kind of vehicle, transport yourself more than 15 minutes or they shut it down. And that's kind of like what 
The, oh, so it's a mandated 15-minute city. Oh, okay, that's even worse. I thought they're, you know, they're trying. To, this is like an ideal utopian, um, which wouldn't happen. Okay, interesting. So, how do you think the left sees freedom? <laughs> this is this is a great discussion today. I love it. Uh, sorry, callers. Believe me, I, I I just you know, Brianna's like really cool. So I keep I keep her on because we I love our chats. Um, how do how do you think the left sees freedom? What what is freedom to your basic leftist? Well, I think. They cut the word in half, and I think they get a different meaning. I think they see free. And so I think what they see when they see free is, you know, free money, free stuff, um, free rewards, you know, free of responsibility. I think they see it in a different capacity than we do. Did you make that up? Because that's brilliant. (laughs) I'm serious. Is this this your creation? I want to give you full credit. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's like influenced from everything else but i guess in my words no no this is this is this is is good okay so in fact this that'd be another great uh you should get a substack column i mean you really should uh because you know the put the police bots down somewhere uh, i think would be great let me let me get you a little round of applause here So freedom to the left is literally cutting the word in half. It's not freedom. It's just free. You know, what's mm-hmm. free? What's, what's free for? So it's not so, – so I think of rights as what you do, how you exercise. Um, but the left – and I've, I've defined this before a lot of times too. It's what you can get. You know, you have a right to health care. You have a right to food. You have a right to shelter. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> you know, you can, I mean, you can certainly get those things, but it's not a right. It's not a uh, because yeah, anything that can, can be taken from someone else. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think you can summarize it to where you know a lot of freedom fighters. You know, they want freedom from government and from tyranny. You know, they they don't want that kind of control. You know, they well, I think on the other side, you know, people want free stuff for them. You know, they want. Free for them, I guess, in short terms, in a short summary. Yeah. Let me get uh, Pianke, then I'll take uh, Josh. I'll take it a little bit out of order just because Pianke's got a couple of comments on live chat, so I know, I know what he wants to talk about. So, Pianke, uh, do you have a question on, on uh, Nashville? A couple things going on there for, uh, for Brianna. Well, good morning. And good morning. the crusades of about spices, they were trying to get to India so they could get spices so they could season up their unsavory food. Not what I was going to ask. Uh, so the Crusades were because the, cause the British cooking was bad? Well, it's still bad. <laughs> Sorry, British. It's, one of our biggest, it's our biggest audience outside the United States. I shouldn't say that. Anyway, go ahead, Bianchi. No, but I was going to wonder if she's uh, had an opportunity to tune in to the Nashville demonstration that students had. Actually, we had politicians and other people of interest that I think got behind these students to do what they've done. And they had a concern, but the politicians hijacked it. And you can see the direction in which it has led. But uh, that there is the things that you have to look out for. You have concerns in your school about the incidents with shootings, you're asking for reform, which you're told to ask for reform, but you don't know exactly what it is that you want. 
But Long you have answer. to beware because you have politicians that would take your movement because you have numbers. It looks good coming down the street, the crowd and so forth, and they would take your movement and hijack it for their own purpose. Yeah, we haven't talked about Nashville yet. This would be a good time to start doing that. Um, Brianna? Yeah, I heard of a Nashville protest, and I heard of politicians getting involved in it and getting arrested and released. And I I heard, like, different headlines about that, but I haven't um, had the time to go in and look at it and see what actually happened or even what they were protesting. So um, I know nothing other than, like, the main headlines of it. Well, how about the? Let's get a quick take on the Nashville uh, the murders, uh, because they're they're celebrating the the trans victim as 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 one of the, you know is included uh, as opposed to the person who actually did it, which I find horrifying, but expect it. And then I'll get Josh's question. Yeah, I heard the White House remarks uh, to the big the big shooting that they had at the Christian school where the um, trans person went and shot and killed six people. I remember their remarks was like, um, they stand with the trans community. (laughs) Um, And I remember a lot of people were angry about that because it was extremely disrespectful. You also had had, where you had two legislatures, actually three, two black males, one white female. And, And they took the movement and you could just about call it an insurrection because they barged into the state house from what I understand mm-hmm. and those two uh, legislatures, those three was reprimanded by the general assembly where two of them was expelled and then people is getting all upset over that calling it racism but no it's not because the General Assembly has the right to set their own rules and ethic behavior of its members. And when you go outside of those rules and when you act unbequitting of your representation for the General Assembly, they can't expel you. Hmm. Brianna? I actually didn't know that about the, gen- what do you call it, General Council or General Assembly? Um I'm really not even completely sure on what that is. Yeah, check out the Tennessee Star. Yeah, that's, General that's Assembly one of the best sources. Both houses in the in yeah. the legislature, both the Senate and the representative of the state legislature. And the Congress has their own rules and regulations. The Boy Scouts have their own rules and regulations. So uh, why was the why was the white woman kept? <laughs> Speaking of racism, why didn't they throw the white woman out too with the black guys? I mean, was she as, as guilty? She was, she was within one vote of being thrown out. Okay. So somebody wimped out. <laughs> I'm just wondering, was her crime any less? Was she any less of a participant than the two men? Well, the two men, one of them was on a loudspeaker, and they saying things and this, that, and the other. Oh, I've seen the videos. Uh, it's horrible. It's a, it's an insurrection. It's a riot. It's a riot within the legislature. I mean, I, I can use leftist terminology. Let's bring Josh into this one, too, because I want to get both of you in with Brianna before Josie gets here, which could be any minute now. Josh, you, wanna, uh, you were actually on before the show started. Um, so did you, but I want to get to Brianna's report in, uh, first before I got to you. Do you have a question on what we're talking about here? 
Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say first and foremost, uh, Rihanna, God bless you. Appreciate you. Uh, now the stuff down in Nashville and Tennessee, uh-huh. uh, the actual situation there was that, um, there were three members of the legislative body that walked in there. Two of them were flamboyant and one stood off to the side. And you know what have actually been? Well, like which one? Who was the one who stood off to the side? Uh, don't leave us hanging here. Who was? Who was the? Oh, the, the, the old, the old, the old white lady. And I didn't say that. She said that. Well, you can say old white yeah, lady on the show. To... That's, if, that's, if she's an old white lady, you can say it. I don't care. She she did it herself. Well, this is not even me talking. Uh, so now, oh, here's a the young black those... gentleman. <laughs> here's a question: Do you think they purposely kept her in so they could use a racism charge? In other words, keep the no, white woman throughout the black no, guy. No, no, this is the after. This is the after. This is the twenty. I'm just curious. This isn't the foresight. This is the after side. This is the twenty twenty. Okay. And then she came out acting like a victim. She said. The only reason, you know, I'm a 60-year-old white woman, and these two young black gentlemen were kicked off. You know what? If you were actually for what you claim to stand for, you would have stepped down in solidarity to be among Yeah, them, I was just, I was just thinking about that. That. <laughs> that is a great point. Yeah. Brianna, what do you think? I mean, stand true to your convictions. Leave. <laughs> Abdicate. Resign. <laughs> yeah. What a low bar. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's going on in Tennessee? Um, and real days? quickly. Yeah, go ahead. Because I'm going to have to go in like just like less than five minutes. I want to okay, get this no, last fine. part of it in real yeah, fast. Yeah, please do. And right, it's called the SEL or the social emotional learning. And the, there's a mm-hmm. small part of it where it's like they teach you how to like regulate your emotions and psychology and, and different things like that. But then I think the main part of it is manipulation. Mm-hmm. And this is from the, the same guy. And he was saying that basically one of the things that they've talked about is using neuroscience to create kinder brains in children. So I don't know how they're going to try and go about that, but it doesn't sound very good. Um, And basically the whole system is instilling anti-traditional values within the children and basically telling them that the traditional values are bad. You know, it's kind of like the same thing of, like, the new age and getting rid of the old. I think it's the same thing with that. They're getting rid of those traditional values. And also with the SEL, they teach the critical race theory. And um, one of the, I guess, quotes of this is, or one of the things that they are wanting to do, is condition children to give desired response to given stimuli. And one of those things is like trigger words and stuff, where whenever you say it, you know they just shut down. They can't, they can't think or do anything. Um, no, I, I, I think that I that basically covers it all. Yeah, no, that may, that makes sense. Well, see, this is the thing because the, the left is based on emotions. It's based on fear. I mean, COVID was based on fear. They removed all freedom, and people gave up their freedom because of fear. Well, that's the worst possible thing to do. Freedom would have saved us from from three years of COVID oppression, um, but it wasn't there. Um, but the social emotional, yeah, I mean, everything is tied to emotions. You have to feel the right way about an issue. And this is something that the, the conservatives, the patriots, you know, the, um, the independents, they don't get. They, they don't get that to the left purely operates on emotion. So it doesn't matter what facts you have. They don't care. You know, you've got to find an equally emotional or stronger argument, you know, and says, well, we want gun control because we want to save lives. You know, we think the government should have guns. Oh, really? Like what, Waco? 
Did they come to your town and uh, gas burn and bulldoze everybody into the ground? Is that is that what you're talking about? Oh, no, that's not what I meant at all. Well, that's what you mean. If you're, the government has the guns, they use them on, on citizens. That's what governments do. You know, so, I mean, let's make it an emotional argument. And we'll be talking about this on Wednesday, next Wednesday, which is the 19th. Uh, 30th anniversary of Waco, probably the least talked about story uh, in the news today and one of the most important. Okay, Josie's here, but let me just get your reaction, Brianna, because I know you have to go. Waco, 30 oh. years ago, literally before your time. Um, does anybody, do, do your friends know anything about this? Have they thought about this? Have they thought about the Clinton administration within one month of taking office, sending the ATF thugs and the FBI stormtroopers uh, basically to kill an entire community? No, to be honest, you're the only person really that has mentioned this, really, or, or I guess the people on your show. Huh. Well, if you want to get caught up, uh, Waco, the Rules of Engagement is probably the best documentary. Uh, also, I have stories all over the, the Action Radio Special Investigations page. Yeah. And okay. one of the other things that you're talking about, like, uh, or that you're both talking about, I guess, with the condition response before I go, is, uh-huh. you know, it takes me back to whenever I was learning about how they, North Korea has those bracelets that can track what happens within your internal body, you know, mm. of your reactions to things. I was like, well, what if one of the reasons that, you know, the United Na- or the World Economic Forum was, you know, discussing that is in order to instill that after they do all of this SEL. But just another theory. But I've got to go no, now. No, it's a good, it's a good theory. Is, it's like uh... – but Americans voluntarily give information. That's what 23andMe and Ancestry.com, everybody's giving up the DNA. Well, where do you think that, that goes? It goes right to government, you know, probably the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, all, it's actually all those, yeah. being sold to China. <laughs> oh, well, that's even worse, you know. And, here, and here's the other one, too, uh, Fitbit. You know, a friend that has a Fitbit, you know, for exercise, you know, heart monitoring, blood pressure, you know, sleep patterns, all that kind of stuff. Where do you think that's going? It's got a transmitter in it. <laughs> you know, you think it's going just yeah. to your computer? No, it's going to everybody's computer. <laughs> you know, get real. All right. I'm going to get, uh, let me play Josie's theme here. Uh, so see you next week, or do you have anything else happening? Or do you know yet? Um, I'm pretty sure I'll be there next week, yeah. This Good. is let's, Government Inquiry with Brianna Cannon. Goodbye. Ah, bless you. Yeah. She did it. <laughs> You're such a reporter. All right, let's get to uh, Josie. I hope you take a look at the national stuff. She started off Hold on. as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossey knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Cossey. Buenos dias, chica. Como está? Good morning. Buenos dias to everybody, todo mundo. How are you? I, I heard a little bit of your uh, talk with Brianna. Cute. Yeah, she's she's brilliant. Uh, I really love our chats, and I sort of have to apologize to Pianchi and Josh, mm-hmm. but uh, I only get a chance to chat with her once a week, so it's it's kind of cool. Well, same with you, but we we actually talk more, yeah. you know, off the air. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so uh, what's happening? What's going on? What's uh, what's what's on your mind this week? 
What's what's the deal, huh? <laughs> yeah. <Qué pasa? laughs> what's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Jesus Christ Superstar, Andrew Lloyd Webber, 1970. Que pasa, USA? Okay. <laughs> um, I don't have a lot this morning. I fell asleep writing my report last night. <laughs> so, it was so exciting. I, I fell asleep exhausted. during my own report. Yeah. Oh, a, don't worry about I it. I couple. got stuff to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Piaggi's got stuff yeah, to talk about. Josh has stuff. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. For meatloaf and green beans with potato and uh, all kinds of goodies. Squash. So I was busy cooking till about one in the morning. I said, it's time It's time for me to write my report. I thought it was a pen, and I did a little bit, and I fell asleep. I woke up at three in the morning. <laughs> so Wow, it's almost about when yeah. I get up. I'm up at four usually, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to wake up a few hours yeah, before the show, bed. so I'm actually awake for it. <laughs> it makes a difference. Yeah, I go to bed late. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to mention quickly, you know, the Jesus mm-hmm. statues in Brazil. Uh, it's about a hundred foot tall. Uh, I guess it was three weeks, four weeks ago. I was reading about it. I said, "Oh man, that made me sad." It was struck by lightning, and the head of Jesus was completely off. Uh, oh, wait a minute! I haven't heard about this. So mm-hmm. this, is, this is the beautiful statue of Jesus with uh, with the arms outstretched, you know, yeah. overlooking the city, and, and yeah. Jesus' head got got blown off by a lightning bolt. What does that tell yeah. you? That tells you that God doesn't like uh, uh, statues and images. <laughs> oh, okay. I was thinking something. Di- I was thinking something entirely think different. Of, I guess. <clears throat> well, yeah. I was thinking that uh, you know God's not real happy right now. <laughs> you listen to Wendy. No. You know, Wendy, when we do the Oh My God report, she's like, God's pissed off, and things are going to be changing around He's here. Upset. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. But um, the other thing I was, uh, I was just, I went to bed thinking, I'm like. Why are all these trannies dancing in front of children? Why aren't they dancing in front of adults? What's up with this? Well, that's what Tennessee. What's the real agenda? Well, let's get back to Tennessee and what we've been talking this morning. Tennessee, uh, actually, yeah, a friend of mine pointed I this heard out. You guys. Uh, yeah. Ten, ten, well, here's what well, we, we didn't get to this part. Tennessee has reclassified drag shows as adult entertainment, like strippers. And so they have to have a commercial license. They have to appear before audiences over 18. They have to do what strippers do. They have to do what any adult entertainment does. You know? And so get out of the school so that you don't, have, uh, you don't have drag shows in the schools. And that actually makes perfect sense. That, that was brilliant. I was wondering you know, what the best way to deal with this other than just say no. You know, you know, the idea of putting drag shows for kids is only for grooming, for changing, for influencing, for destroying their emotions and their, their individual identity, which we talked about earlier. Uh, that would be a great question for Brianna if you want to bring it up next week while she's still on. She, you can call in a few minutes early, yeah. which you, you're always welcome to do because um, we, have, we have some really just great discussions. But doesn't that make sense? I mean, why isn't uh, Florida doing that? You know, why don't they have that same law here? That these are adult yeah. shows for adults. I don't care if adults go to a drag show. That that is yeah. sick. Yeah. To, to have this in front of little kids. I have seen videos. It's disgusting. Disgusting what they're doing. And you well, know, here's what's worse, uh, though. Greg, it's the parents yeah, that bring them voluntarily. What about the mothers exactly. that take their, their kids voluntarily to a drag show? What are they thinking? They need to be arrested, those parents. This is child abuse. Yeah. Look. Well, I don't know about arrested, it's but it's like definitely child abuse. Well, they need to be arrested. Uh, look, do little kids get 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 to go into a script club? No. You know? 
Of course not, because they're underage. So what's the difference with this garbage? Uh, all these mentally ill patients. Uh, I'll tell you why. To uh, Biden. Because <laughs> strippers don't have an LGBTQ lobby behind them. That's why. This is sick. It's yeah. disgusting. I mean, uh, I, I, I just I cannot stand it. But the shootings and everything going on in our country is to to just distract people from the real deal going on in D.C., you know. Mm-hmm. That's what's so, going on. So tell me what's going on in D.C. No, because all the indictments and everything is going to come up pretty soon. So mm-hmm. uh, it, the, the investigations, and we don't hear nothing about it, about everything going on in our country. And uh, this is all a distraction, all the shootings. You, you can just go back uh, to every shooting, what's, what's going on at the time that the shootings was happening, what's the real story going on. Well, I was thinking about that. It's actually a good, it's a good question. Um, I think, first of all, blame the left, because every, every one of these shootings is based in some aspect of leftism. The first thing is they always happen in a gun-free zone, or as I call it, a victim yeah. disarmament zone. So it's a school or a bank or some public place where, by law, you, of course, you can carry guns into banks in Florida, uh, but you can't carry them in the schools. I think it's a federal law, uh, except there is a local mm-hmm. bank here that uh, says no firearms allowed in the building. It's like, of course, that's the first one's going to be, I'm not going to mention their name now, but that would be the, the one most likely to be robbed simply because they, they won't let anybody carry a gun in their bank, which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy. True. You know? um, I told the story when I first moved here with a, and I got my carry permit, and I'd never had one because I was in California. So in California, if you walk into a yeah. bank you know, with a loaded gun, yeah, they're going to call a SWAT team <laughs> you know, uh, if they find it, of course. You know. <laughs> They would, yeah. And then they, 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 they get the, the mental folks, the psychologists, why did you feel the need to carry a gun into a bank? You know, and then, of course, you know, then they have you on the books and throw you away in the, the padded cell and the whole bit. That's why I love California. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but, uh, but I actually called my bank. So another reason I won't mention their name either. Um, and said, hey, I've, I've never done this before. I've never brought a gun to a bank. Uh, it feels weird, but I want to learn how to do this because it's the law and I can. And they're like, okay, yeah, don't worry about it. We're used to it. <laughs> You know, they really, you know, I said, okay, and anything I should, uh, you know, do or, or any, anything, you know, that you guys require, this is this California attitude. And they said, well, you know, if someone tries to rob the place, just make sure you get them. I'm like, okay, I like this place. I like Florida. This is really cool. <laughs> so that's how I started carrying, you know, firearms. But it was, it was yeah. an adjustment. It's a, it's a mental adjustment. Um, but, uh, but what's happening with these, these assassinations, we know they didn't happen years ago. And the things that have changed is the left has gotten stronger. Everybody is on antidepressant, psychotropic drugs that have already been declared useless. Uh, we know they don't work. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you've got the trans-altered, as I call them. In other words, the Frankenstein medicine. In other words, trying to, through surgery and chemicals, uh, try and create something that's impossible. In other words, changing the sex of a person. So you've already got people that not only uh, are trying to believe the impossible, uh, they're trying to force us to believe the impossible, and they're trying to use surgery and drugs to bring about the impossible. Well, that's got to be a that's got to be a conflict in people. Then you throw in the drugs, which have homicidal and suicidal tendencies, like Prozac and Lovex and all these other antidepressants, Ritalin. You look at, look at bring up. In fact, we did this at WBY. I, I uh, went online the physician's desk reference. Mm-hmm. I can do it on your report if you want. We got the physician's de- desk yeah. reference and got the side effects of some of these psychotropic drugs, and they almost all had suicidal and homicidal tendencies. Well, why would you give somebody yeah. who's depressed something that causes suicides and homicides? Doesn't that seem a little counterintuitive? Yeah. You know, and yet they do anyway. 
because the psychologists, they're it, experts. It's okay. Go ahead. Yeah. It's just like my friend that she's been bleeding and bleeding, and then they give her blood thinner. She's going to bleed to death, and she almost did. Mm-hmm. Twice collapsing. And uh, yesterday they did the hysterectomy, and uh, she thinks she's out of the woodwork. What was that so for? I mean, I, I don't get too but personal. She's but, fully but, vaccinated, uh, so you know what's coming, you know. And people don't want to detox, and people don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people that I have talked to about this vaccine, uh, killer machine, uh, they don't want to know. They say, no, I'd rather not know. So that is sad. Let's that explore that for a bit because the, yeah. this is really this is a, this is the great time bomb. Not only is the time bomb of people with these ticking time bombs of this COVID shot in in their system, but it, how they feel about it. So if you have an entire population of people, we're talking how many people got the vax? Two hundred million in this country out of three hundred million, roughly. I'm just guessing. Probably more. Yeah. Well, more people got the first couple of shots. Very few got the boosters. I think it's only about 16% got the boosters. They're not taking the boosters anymore. That's why they want to put it in our food, and they want to put it everywhere mm-hmm. else to make sure that everybody gets poisoned equally. Uh, that's why I eat natural yeah. foods, you know, get natural foods, organic food, wild-caught fish, get eggs from a farmer you know, you know, and live on, on natural stuff and get fruits and vegetables that are organic. You know, that's, that's your best bet mm-hmm. to, to stay away from this stuff. Um, but I, I still think that some natural immunity will help. But anyway, um, with with all this going on, um, it, oh, I forgot my question now. <laughs> it's too bad. But um, it's very strange. <laughs> the, the, well, I do because I, I get I get distracted as much as ADHD. What can I say? Um, but there's all this stuff going on. But the, with, what they're uh, putting in the vaccines, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but here's what I was thinking too. Did you see the Facebook post that the one person was talking about their friend or partner or something had had six boosters and now they're breaking out in blisters and all six. kinds of other things. Yeah, six boosters. Oh my yeah. lord! Well, here's what He's I'm thinking. a bombing we, machine walking. <laughs> well, we talked wow. about this. Oh, I know what I was going to mention. So we talked about this, and I, I said, you know, one of the problems is going to be because they're not recording. <clears throat> I don't think they're making good medical re- medical uh, recordings of who's getting no. these shots. You can go from drugstore to drugstore. They don't care. They just give you the shot, right? Yeah. They're not testing for immunity. You know, if, the first thing that they should have done is require, if, if the government, this is where Congress, the Republicans fell down, on, you know, the many times that they fell <laughs> down. They said, okay, fine, if you're going to have a, if you're going to have this uh, this vaccine so-called out there, then you have to have testing for natural immunity. I mean, you're not, you don't want to give somebody something that they don't need, right? That's just medically, that's not yeah. ethical, that's not proper, you know. But yet, but they never tested for immunity because they don't care. They just want you to inject this this thing into your system. So if you're a person, if you're an average person, you trusted the government, you believed the propaganda, you didn't hear action radio, which is always a problem, <clears throat> and you did what you were supposed to do, and now you might die for it. Don't you think that's going to cause some internal rage? How do you think that's going to manifest yeah. itself? You, you think of kids acting out? Well, now let's do a whole population. Let's take a whole population of 16 to 30-year-olds who have suddenly mm-hmm. had their life drastically shortened. Those of us over 60, if we have our life shortened, yeah, I've got a pretty good life already. Yeah, I want to do more. But I'm just saying, the yeah. worst-case scenario, if something happens to me today, tomorrow, the next day, you you know, I'll, go to God and say, uh, I'll go to God and say, look, I did give my best shot. Here's what I accomplished. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But if you're 16, yeah. you haven't even gotten started yet, or 20, or 25, and yet why? You know, and to take these people for no reason, you know, it, it's sort of like being sent to, uh, it's like being drafted for Vietnam, you know, especially if you don't believe it at all. The government takes you, they put you in a place that you don't want to be to kill people you don't want to kill. You're probably going to die yourself, or at least be, you know, possibly injured, and you have no reason to be there. 
None. Because you're not accomplishing anything that I would consider good. You're not fighting for freedom. And yet there you are in the Vietnam jungle. You know, I mean, yeah. so it's the same, you know, that causes rage. What did people do? They took drugs. They reacted violently. Yeah. You know, they came, they came home with PTSD because the conflict of having to kill people, not for freedom, but because the government told you to and you didn't want to be there. That comes out in rage. So now let's put that to the population of people in this country. What kind of rage is going to come out when people realize that they were intentionally betrayed by Dr. Fascist and the health Nazis, you know, in the federal government by most of the Bill governors, Gates. by Bill Gates, Bill Gates is one of them. You know, by all these yeah. people who are trying to kill them. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, all I can say is these people are not going to have a place to hide in the earth. People are going to come after them. And I'm not even talking about uh, the police or, or or the Republicans. This is people are going to come after these criminals. They're not going to have a place to hide at all. They're murdered. Okay, so, so let's say they, they get the, the, the Gaddafi treatment. You know, they're killed, dragged through the streets. You know, or, or like Mussolini, executed upside down or whatever else they did to him. Or remember the Ceausescu's mm-hmm. in Romania. The people shot them. They lined them against a wall and shot them. Mm-hmm. They were the dictators in Romania. Okay, so let's say the worst happens to these people. Then what? Then what happens? Where does that anger go? Well, I think the CDC, FDA, all this CIA, FBI, everything is going to be shut down. We're going to have well, to who, start fresh. This corruption has been going on way too long. Yeah, this seems and too organized. Come to an end. But if people are in a blind it's rage, I think to... they're going to be in the streets. I think, I think you think the riots that we had so far, the organized ones from Antifa and Black Lives Matter, the ones that were basically Democrat Soros funded, those riots, that's nothing compared to the riots of, of young people who have nothing to lose. Who've already, who've already, you, know, you take a bunch of young people who are convinced that they've already lost their life by doing something yeah. that they thought was the right thing to do, you don't think that's going to come out in, in rage? I do. Someday. It's going to get ugly. Yeah. yeah. It's going to get ugly. Very can, can I talk something? Coming. Can I talk something into that conversation? Sure, Josh. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. Um, what I think is going to happen is um, in the Western world especially, including Japan and South Korea, I think there's going to be like a kind of a wrecking, a reckoning. Does that make sense? They're going to why in those countries? Why why Japan and South Korea? Because we're they're heavily Western influence. Um, we're all in the Western world. We're all struggling with this uh, reckoning right now, where we're trying to be tolerant of stuff and avoiding the obvious conversation at the same time. There needs to be some kind of normality formed out of this. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's take friends you know or people you know. Uh, are they starting to, to feel that rage? Are they starting to realize they've been betrayed? Are they starting to see health effects that uh, they shouldn't normally have, like swelled hearts, you know, myocarditis, uh, any type of health condition, blood clots, things like that? I don't know anything about the vex. Okay, never mind here. Go ahead. And you know, Greg, uh, I uh-huh. hear nurses every day, every day. I had a Filipino nurse, older woman. She said she's been having horrible chest pains. I share a lot of videos with her to take some action. 
help yourself with vitamin C, ivermectin, and there's other products that Dr. Art and Dr. Judy talked about. Uh-huh. And I gave her the website, you know. Uh, I, I gave her action radio so she can listen to some of the doctors at the very beginning. They were on fire, let me tell you, a lot of these doctors. Oh, yeah. uh, I share a lot of those videos with people. And, well, I should uh, give you our, what, our doctor's panel. Remember we had the 18 weeks of the world's greatest doctor's panel? Yeah, that's what I share I'll, I'll send, with people. Yeah. Do you have the, yeah. Did I send you all 18 links to the shows? I go to or your n- thing and, and find them, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the whole <laughs> set. To, yeah, let me send you the whole yeah. set. So I share that with people. I said, you need to listen to this because yeah. all the doctors are telling you, and this is not one or two. There's a lot of doctors that you had. Uh, for six, eight weeks, and then you still get Dr. Judy uh, Mikovich on and off, you know. Yep. Uh, this is sad when people are finding out what's happening. And I I know I, a lot of people are still in denial that it's not the vaccine, uh, that it's a little bleeding because before the vaccine. But, it, but when people have a minor sickness, cancer, or bleeding, or whatever, with the vaccine, it comes in full fast, in full motion, you know. Uh, that's why a lot of people are dying. They had a little bit of cancer, and it comes back in, with a fury, you know. Um, Dr. Pry. One of my that's fr- what happened to Dr. Pry. Yeah. He had his cancer exactly. basically and done, and then, in the, then he yeah. had a COVID shot, and six months later he's dead. And I still he's miss dead. him on the show, old curmudgeon. Yeah. Yeah. Some, uh, some of my friends uh, – they really don't talk to me because I told them not to get the vaccine and they thought I was crazy that they thought uh, this is uh, because I love Trump or whatever. I said, that has nothing to do with Trump. It, it, it has a lot to do that you're going to die from this poison that they're going to inject you. And they didn't listen to me. I have a doctor from Peru and she didn't talk to me for over a year. Wow. Now she's talking to me, but she still doesn't want to know about the vaccine because she's fully behind the vaccine, and she vaccinated the whole family. She brought so many people from her country, especially just to get the vaccine here because they could not get it there fast enough, and they were desperate to get it. And uh, and a bunch of friends. I have a bunch of friends in Miami. They still don't really talk to me because of the vaccine, you know? And it's a shame because when they find out there's a, there's a – a woman that works here in a local hospital, a friend of ours with her husband, and we were very close. And I saw them at church Sunday and just hello, and that's about it. Uh, nothing like before. Mm-hmm. Because she stands behind the vaccine 100% and vaccinated all her family. <clears throat> and her husband had a heart attack, and uh, he, didn't want, he didn't want it for me to know that, that he was fully vaccinated. And he told one of my friends, and then uh, the very next day after I found out, he collapsed and he had a, a open heart surgery already uh, last year. So, you know, yeah. this is uh, this is hitting every family in every way. Somebody knows somebody that are dying or collapsing from this deadly vaccines. And now I hear some of the kids are like the child, nine years old here in Pensacola, they paralyzed from two children's vaccine. So... They're even taking huh. the children's vaccine, too. <clears throat> so this is horrible. And, you know, Greg, anytime there's a shooting and two or three or four people got killed, they want to take away the weapon that shot the children. 
But how about this weapon that we're injecting people's arm? How come we haven't removed it? How come we haven't stopped this killing? It's the same thing or worse. This is worse than a gun. I know why. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Uh, Because we don't have vaccine product liability. That's why. It's as simple as that. Exactly. Yeah. Remember when Ed Dabb was yeah. on the show last Thursday and he said that uh, the vaccines could not exist in a free market? I asked him about that. I said, if we had vaccine product yeah. liability, you know, what would happen? You know, and I said, I suspect they'd be recalled immediately. He says, oh, yeah. You know, and then he tells us they, they couldn't survive. There is no yeah. free market vaccine that could survive the liability. They are that dangerous. So what does that tell you? That tells you that the only reason these products are on the market is because that they're protected. They're protected from liability. Their profits are protected. They don't have any cost because they're making the taxpayers pay for the cost of this stuff. And the government people are getting rich because of the, the, the Buy-Dole Act, which allows them to make money off their inventions and patents you know, from Big Pharma. So they're all in it together. They're all in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. They all but make you know, money. Greg, uh-huh. this is the American people, the American dream and a Latina dream here in America. We have been living in pure lies in this country. I did send you a video. It's kind of a little wacko the other day, but I already <laughs> knew a lot of the stuff he's talking about. Uh, this this government, and that includes Republicans too, not not just Democrats. Uh, this Illuminati and this, this people, Mason and all these people behind this, this has been going on for 100 years, over 100 years. This, yep. this has been going on for so long. Child trafficking, adrenochrome, the vaccines about 50 years ago, spiking all the vaccines that you do, because before we only had about six vaccines total, now it's 72 plus, uh, and, you know, because of the boosters now. They want you to have them every, every three or four or five months, and people are addicted. I had a nurse telling me, I cannot believe this lady wants to go get her boosters, and this is number three. I'm like, Wow. And she, Why don't they just uh, cut them off? Why don't they just say you've had enough? You don't, you know, not that you ever needed one, but just, you know, having more would be dangerous, don't they? Do people think that, uh, you know, if one booster is good, then six boosters must be better. That's, that's irrational. These things are dangerous. No, because I don't know if it was Dr. Judy that mentioned or another doctor that these boosters are like insulin. You have to have them. Your body wants them. So oh, that's you become addicted. So I don't know well, if it was Dr. Judy, one of the doctors said that. Yeah. So I don't think people are addicted to addict- insulin. I think they're. I think they have to have it if you have diabetes. They have but to have it as well. But is there something? Is there something addictive? Is it like an opiate? Is there like a like an opiate in there somewhere, or some kind of addictive compound? Nicotine, for example, that's what addicts smokers. You know, or opium, which mm-hmm. is like heroin, morphine, fentanyl. All these things are all opiates, uh, and they're addictive. Is there something addictive um, in in the jab? Mm-hmm. I, I, think, know? I think and, it's actually uh, personally important to uh, not pass up the opportunity to notice that there are, there are um, so many injections that actually match how many uh, gender identities there are, and that's the last thing I'm gonna say. What? what oh, explain that. What? No, she just said that there was like seventy plus uh, injections. Seventy-two vaccines for children. Oh, yes, ma'am. Okay. okay, 72. Yep, yep. That directly corresponds to how many gender identities or I don't even know what they are these days, but no, I think that's a pretty nice oh, okay. correlation. Huh. And, and, and probably, 
I guarantee you that we're going to find out that probably a lot of these children's vaccine, not all of them, because if not, the whole world will be gay, transgender. Uh, I bet you they're spiking a percentage of the vaccines to have a bunch of uh, homosexual in this country. You know, their hormones change. I bet you that's, that's what they've been doing to us. Yeah. Well, now I'm seeing that. Yeah. That's you have to sort of wonder what, what makes a person gay. Are they born that way? Uh, is it a habit no, they develop not. along the way? Is it uh, no, just a, uh, so, what, you know, because that goes to what you're talking about. I think folks are born that God way. God is not just, crazy, okay? God oh, I know that. Make, and when the doctor brings you out to this world, he says, oh, it's a girl. You are a girl, okay? You are a boy, okay? Mm-hmm. You become. You want to have that lifestyle. God is not crazy. We are crazy because we follow or we want, like one of my best friends in Miami, and I think I told you the story before. Mm-hmm. She was depressed. Uh, her husband left her, and she hated men. And all of a sudden, she fell in love with this woman and. uh she, I think she just died not long ago, all, all with this woman. And her husband married Miss Briar ice cream, okay? So mm-hmm. this lady was depressed to the max. So she became a lesbian. And my friends were pretty heartbroken to see their mom having uh, four kids, one die, of course. Uh, so three of them, three boys were left. And with a lesbian mom, they couldn't believe it. This is like, this is crazy. How could this happen? Do you already have a family and everything? Just because your husband left you, you hated men with a passion. And uh, it, it, it's sad. It's sad. Oh, I'm sure that but happens. I, I'm sure women, you know, turn to other women if they've been raped or, or sexually abused by a family member or something like that. I mean, True. I think that's, uh, that's very possible. That's behavioral. But having lived in San Francisco, I had uh, a whole bunch of gay folks that I would talk to on a regular basis. Uh, one thing, I was in the tour guide industry, you know, where a lot of gay folks worked. Uh, and so it was, it was really interesting. And, of course, I lived co- close to the Castro, too. So you can't live in San Francisco mm-hmm. and not be exposed to a whole bunch of gay folks. So we, we talked. Of course. And there were and there were women that well yeah I mean you know when I say some of my best friends were gay that's literally true, um, but but it was interesting that there were those who were from birth that, that, that they've always been gay they just never thought anything differently like I've always been straight you know and, and straight people you know you don't uh, you don't think about it you don't wake up and go oh gee I guess I should make a choice whether I you know want men or women mm-hmm. you know I think it's just that's the natural attra- that's normal so we don't use the word normal anymore so normal the normal thing is to be attracted to the opposite sex that's normal. Certain amount of people I think are are attracted to the same sex. That's not normal, but it's not. You know, we have different views on that. Um, but as far as putting stuff in the food to be able to convert somebody to homosexuality, I don't think you can do that. I don't. I don't see. No, I'm not there. saying in the food. Because I, I look at it differently. Uh, well, they're they're putting vaccines in the food. See, this is what I'm getting to. So. What what would be say you know see I don't I think it's it's more genetic I think it's whatever the whatever causes people to be either uh, gay or straight um, it's beyond the food it's beyond the the vaccine it's beyond chemicals it's just it's something internal to our genetics um, but that's how I see it. Well, well when people I don't have feel like about that. So well, let's go to Pianki. We haven't heard from him for a while. Then go to Josh. Pianki. Good morning. Pianki. Good morning, Josie. People have associated a lot of tofu 
as affecting a male's uh, sexual identity or hormone identity. You should explain that because it's interesting. I, I know why, but I just I want everybody else to know. <laughs> what is it about tofu? Well, they say that males that eat a lot of tofu can have their, what do you call it, libido lowered, your testosterone, your testosterone lowered. Do you know why? It's, it's really kind of interesting. I don't know why, but they say it does. Uh, well, I'll tell you, there's yeah. a very good reason. Josie, do you know? Maybe the they're eating too much Wheaties. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you the reason. It's called, it's called plant estrogens. Anytime you, you have a soy that's not fermented, now soy sauce that's fermented doesn't yeah, do Yeah, there it. you go. You did but soy, soy estrogens. So men's, it, yeah, unless you want man right. boobs, that's the so you men who don't, uh, that's okay. No, but I'm, I'm always curious as what people know. It's fascinating to me. Not that I'm trying to you know, be like real impressive or anything, but it's just, I, I like people, it, it's just fun to think about this. But soy is a plant estrogen. So, so men, if you don't want man boobs, if you don't want to look like Dylan, what's his name, um, then, uh, you know, stay away from the soy. There's a reason that real men don't eat tofu because <laughs> it's not good for men. Uh, any soy products, soy milk, uh, soy uh, sauce that's in all the salad dressings. Uh, and first of all, it's all GMO modified too. So not only does it have plant estrogens, which is estrogen. Estrogen is estrogen, whether it's plant or animal. Uh, it's female hormone. Guys, you don't need it. Uh, what, like 1% maybe? You know, you better be 99% testosterone or you're going to be a weenie. We don't want any weenies. Stop it, girly men. <laughs> you know, stay away. Um, yeah, go, go drink Bud Light. That's another story. We should talk about that too. Uh, but, but that's yeah. it. But stay away from plant estrogens. It's not good for men. Men need meat. Women do too. You know, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, are, are there, are there about sim- go ahead. Back to me. Talking about meat, I just finished watching a video this morning. This lady kept in a box a McDonald's hamburger with fries for 24 years. Uh-huh. And she opened it, videotaped it, and the hamburger was still intact. No mold, no rottenness. Uh, and the French fries, they were just stale. So what does that tell you? What are they serving us? Garbage. I know there's some gross videos showing that McDonald, Burger King, Taco Bell are serving part of humans in it and grinding a lot of the uh, the bones oh. from people to make soil and green. And <laughs> are they borrowing a, a plot from Soil and Green? <laughs> do, do you I know don't that know, movie, but Jesse? it's disgusting. Did you ever see the movie no. Soil and Green? Oh, you got to watch it. No. It's, uh, it's Charlton Heston. It's Edward G. Robinson's last film. Hmm. Yeah, see, I'm telling you, a Soylent Green, S-O-Y, soy. See, there's soy again, right? See, plant estrogen. I'm telling you, folks, don't eat soy. Soylent, S-O-Y-L-E-N-T, Soylent Uh Green. I'm not going to tell the end of the plot, but it's it's a great film. Yeah, well, Charlton Heston is good, and Edward G. Robinson is one of my favorites. Remember he used to play the gangsters back in the old bogey films, the film noir? Yeah. Yeah, see, I told you to shoot that guy, see? That's what I'm telling you, okay? That's the way it is. <laughs> See? You should have worked oh, with Keg. me. You do all oh, I, I do, voice, I do voice stuff for fun. It just it amuses me, you know? So, you know, what can I say? Uh-huh. Like, if you wanted an Indian accent on the show, I could do that, too. We'd have a wonderful time. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's a hobby. Hey, Greg, you okay, better phone that down there, buddy. I'm just telling you that right now. This is Ocean KGB. We don't come down here. Illinois. We do not order a leader to come down. Okay? You do not tell me what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
45. You guys are nuts. Horses drama this this morning, Yoda would say. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Who's Yoda? Who's Yoda? Oh, Does you watch Star Wars? Animal. Oh, yeah. Oh, fine. I like, I like green. I think oh, okay. my favorite was Chewbacca with all the hair, you know. What, because he didn't talk much? <laughs> Your favorite male, tall, tall, strong, and silent, with a lot of hair. <laughs> and hairy. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> I'll work on Chewbacca. We do digress occasionally. We're having yeah. so much fun. And I We're having radio. fun. Well, let's, uh, what, what can, wait, what's, let me get my list of topics for today. Um, and we so, would like, wait, uh-huh. wait, wait. We would okay. like our listeners to donate to Action Radio. We need your help. And I know Greg oh. doesn't mention it. Uh, I'm about to donate uh, as soon as my PayPal transfers. Great. Uh, I'm a You're faithful so cool. giver and to Action Radio, and we would like a lot of people to get in the game so we well, can continue uh, Action Radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Josie. I should mention it more. I, one, one, one thing that I've started yeah. with the Substack is Ask if people want to contribute. Busy. Yeah, just go yeah. to well. There's a couple of ways. One, givesendgo.com/slash/actionradio, um, but also I think that probably the the better way right now might be a Substack. Ten dollars a month, five dollars a month, but ten would be better. You know, just ten dollars a month to uh, gregpenglis.substack.com and get all my articles. I just published my entire uh, COVID timeline. Josie, I don't know if you saw that one yet. Did you get my Substack? Not, I didn't see it yet, but I'll okay. look. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll put it on uh, on your uh, Facebook Messenger. But uh, I have, uh, well, it's Greg Pengelis, is my name, dot substack, dot com. Uh, and yeah. I just all the notes that I had, all everything from the Perbright Institute in England with, that creates and patents coronaviruses, all the David Martin stuff, uh, all the, the our first, like when we first talked about uh, COVID with yeah. Bill Gertz from the Washington uh, Times back on February 25th of 2020, our bill February 27th saying that Congress can only spend half the money on vaccines. Uh, and then, of it course, takes March second. What you do, you know. It, it does. It, it, yeah. It takes yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. What you do, yeah. and I thank yeah. you for that. You know, oh, my to pleasure. inform no, us it's... and to, yeah, yeah. And you know, well, Greg, uh, when on one of my mission trips to the Ukraine, uh, pastor, I overheard pastor does does not get paid in the Ukraine, so he was driving a taxi, and his wife was going at the market. Uh, to sell little plants in order to survive and all that. And I'm like, what? You should be getting paid. This is a regular job, you know? Mm-hmm. So I kind of embarrassed him, and I was with a microphone in my hand, and I don't, I'm not embarrassed to ask. So I talked to the whole congregation. Which it's a huge church we built. And I said, all of you should be supporting our pastor. This is a full-time job. And you know what? My pastor started getting paid after that. Oh, good. And he came, and he came privately and said, thank you so much. I was too embarrassed to tell people that I should get paid because it's a full-time job to be a pastor. But, yeah, it's uh, funny. And I don't think about it. I don't think about it as much as I should, but I should mention it more. But, uh, yeah, like I say, $10 a, month, $10 a month to my Substack would be, would be huge for me. You know, 100 people do that, and uh, that's going to yeah. be amazing help for the show. So, yeah, 100 people can make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something you want to add. Yeah, I was telling her, like, TV, Jakes, and the rest of them. Mm-hmm. You mean you're talking about pastors getting paid? <laughs> Mm-hmm. My pastor well, some pastors make a fortune. Yeah. Well, those well, are churches usually 
Churches usually pay pastors. That's how it's supposed to work. Yes. But uh, they know. get a paycheck because it's a lot of work to be a pastor, and that's a full-time job. My mm-hmm. pastor gets paid. My pastor doesn't know how much I give, how much you give, how much the other one. The women, there's a team of women and deacons, and they all take care of that. My pastor only gets his paycheck. Here you go. Right there it is. Of course, they have a budget and all that. He gets to see that. But but if you go into a church that the pastor is in control of all the money, he knows that you gave 5000 and you only gave 3 bucks, and he likes you more because you gave more. You need to flee that church. You need to get out. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. Well, so that like ain't the way it is in the black churches. As soon as you walk yeah. in the door, there's a big uh, uh, board that shows who gave what. Wow. Toward the church. That's not intimidating. Really? <laughs> can I, can wow. I throw an advert for no reason to Action Radio and break? What's that? Josh, well, I don't, I don't understand been, your comment. No, I know. Uh, no, uh, you should probably uh, donate to uh, Action Radio to make sure that Greg stays on. Because I've never met this man. <laughs> Someday. But he has showed me well, enough leg. Hold on, Pianki. Josh is saying something nice. Hold on, Pianki. Go ahead, Josh. Mm-hmm. I want to hear this. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. Uh, oh. oh, no, no, no. I did it. I did it. I'm not going to do it twice. <laughs> God bless <laughs> you, Greg. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Ten bucks a month. Fifteen. Hey. Yep. I I Subject. used to give a little more than that, but. Oh, you're amazing. So. Yeah. Big Um. See, well, that's what I would do once we start getting a marketing budget. You know, and I've reached out to a lot of companies already, but mm-hmm. you know, they they don't know who we are yet. Uh, the suppression is so bad. You know who knows about it? I'll say it was interesting when when Dorothy Diana started on the show because she's one of our most recent reporters. When I post. And Facebook is now not putting my picture, my thinker picture. Uh, it's just like this big blank white thing. So I got to I got to find out what's going on with that. But uh, when I post, when she posts on her things, she like goes to a coffee shop or anything like that, she gets a ton of responses, ton of responses because she's very public and well known for what she does. My show goes on her Facebook page, and it's so suppressed. She'll get maybe like two or three people notice it, as opposed to the the many you know maybe hundreds possibly on some of her other posts simply because we are that suppressed, not only on my page, but on every page that I post on. So all our groups are suppressed. All our, all our, my, 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 uh, my Twitter numbers haven't changed in three years. Not one. They're exactly well, the same the as they were three years ago. You and her, she's, she's prettier than you. Well, yeah, no kidding. So obviously you've checked her page. <laughs> Dorothy's gorgeous, by the way. Dorothy Dan is absolutely beautiful. Uh, she's our sex have, and sensuality reporter. The, what? Have you tried the Crowder approach? Have I tried the, the what, the, the, who? The, the Crowder, the Crowder approach. La, louder uh, with Crowder? Or what, what's that? Videos yeah, and stuff? Well, yeah, yeah. So, subtly say things over time, and so you cannot hide from it. But by that point, you have a large audience. Um, I've tried for a large audience, but again, I don't think he he was popular before he got suppressed. See, she's one of the problem disadvantages. See, I was doing really well with uh, with Action Radio WBY. Josie remembers, so she remembers when I called in. We had thousands of listeners. We had people. Uh, we were building internationally, uh, building well nationally. I don't know about internationally, but we were building a national audience. We had people calling in from all kinds of places. You know, we were writing bills on the air. We were changing history. We were doing unbelievable things, and I was taken off the air. 
and and there wasn't a word about where where I went or you know or anything. I was just gone. Um, but we were in such a good position then that had I been censored, this is back in 2018, had I been censored in 2020, two years later, I already would have had a following built up. But because I had to start from zero and never got really, really established before COVID came in, we're still suffering under that. So the people that got censored bef- that were known before all this hit, you know, they did reasonably well because people would still find them. But people don't know to find me because WBY, they still think I disappeared, just left. Are you kidding? Best job I ever had. Why would I leave? I love that job. You know, so, uh, but that's what happened. So, so after, you know, and Josie knows about it. Do do you you have, like, are you you putting your uh, antennas into Nigeria to get the African market? Are you putting your antennas into South Korea for the Asian market? Well, we already have Nigeria as, as a list of, of, of country. We already have South Korea. Oh, you know, we have we no. we have we I, have weird I places. We have the that. Solomon we have the Solomon Islands. We have New Caledonia. We have Cuba. We have Belarus. We have Vietnam. Listening, we have amazing places that listen to this show. We have all of Eastern Europe uh, except Ukraine. <laughs> Big surprise. Um, but uh, we've got uh, we've got most of South America. We don't have as much of Africa as I'd like. Uh, I'd love to have more countries, but we have Zaire, uh, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Nigeria, Ghana, Sierra Leone, Egypt, Algeria, uh, and these just places off the top of my head. But uh, yeah. yeah, you're talking about listeners. I'm talking about potential for a local person to speak. Give them an hour. You know, that's how you actually change the game. Well, we have a Skype line. Anybody's welcome to to call in. They know that it's right there on every broadcast page. Uh, we have a live yes, chat. Sir. We use. We have uh, Marco who types in from the Netherlands on a regular basis when he can. He's not here today, well, but he's, he's here most days. Mar- oh, Marco's hysterical. And anybody can read live chat. Anybody that's on the broadcast while we're live can read the live chat. Everybody else. Pianchi's now posting on live chat. So that's open. So, we're, so every possible avenue I can think of is open. We have, uh, let me just give you a little preview. This week, we've got Rebecca Hardy's coming back. She'll be back Thursday. She's uh, the head of Texans for Vaccine Choice. She talks to all the folks that, that we've been talking to, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Malone, some of the other folks. I don't know if she's talked to Ed Dowd yet. Good. So she'll be on she Thursday. She sounds like a reputable mm-hmm. character. Oh, Rebecca's amazing, yeah. Uh, Michael Volpe's coming back Thursday also. I just talked to We set it up this morning. Uh, he's, he's talking about this whole transgender uh, dysphoria, how it affects family court, and especially the kids that where one parent wants to you know, sacrifice their kid and the other parent doesn't. Guess who, guess who family court sides with? <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. For the same reason they give uh, kids to the most abusive parent, the one most likely to put them into sex trafficking because they want to keep the conflict. The, one that, money. Has, the one that has the most money usually wins. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, all these things we talked about, we're looking for, for family law stuff. Um, well, let me ask you, well, actually, I don't know if you had shit. I don't know if you had a chance to check it out, but I, I read it our bill on uh, not the local bill, on um, illegal alien asset forfeiture, but the national one. And I just sent it to a prominent Trump person, uh, hoping I can mm-hmm. get uh, Donald Trump on the show. Um, but I've redone that bill and brought in a couple of uh, things from like the ITIN number and things like that. Pianchi was actually helpful in that because we talked about this one earlier. Let me see if I can. I'll tell you, uh, I wouldn't want, uh-huh. want it to be national. It needs to be state because federal government get it. They're going to get it to Ukraine. Well, we had actually there was a big article that was going to be written about us at the state level. In fact, I, I did the interview; it was all set to go. And then the one time 
that um, the editors and the, the, the publishers checked into the show the one time <laughs> that we had a, like a QAnon report. This is back when Karen was doing stuff. <clears throat> but uh, they, they, they just happened to check the one show that mentioned QAnon, and they freaked out. And they said, no, we can't, we can't have that interview go forward. These people are, are crazy, wacko conspiracy theorists. But they didn't get the rest of the show when we had, you know, vaccine liability. And okay, I don't even think we, that was probably earlier. This might have been pre-COVID. I'm not sure now. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So we've had potentially huge interviews canceled, you know, which would have led to other interviews. So it's not like I'm not, you know, as long as we're not trying here. In fact, I was getting a little frustrated lately because I was trying to think, uh, I mean, you guys have restored all my faith. But I was trying to figure out what should we be doing? You know, what should we be doing to, well, to, you know, to get with me? Uh-huh. These individuals talking about what's a conspiracy. I can name well, a lot that. of conspiracies. You just celebrated one just this past Sunday. Those are all conspiracies. What, Easter? Which conspiracy are we talking about here? Name that soon. Come on. <laughs> There's a lot of conspiracies. Somebody to call in and tell you, nope, we don't want to because conspiracy. I say, okay, what about that? So anyway, that's the way people are. Well, let's talk about that because that's that's a, a political weapon. In fact, my next article is going to be on uh, our conservative glossary. I'm going to combine the old one I wrote with a new one. You know, I've, been, I've been collecting terms like organic fuels and things like that. But uh, what is a conspiracy theorist? And why is that? Why is that supposed to be such a derogatory thing? Why? Why does the left say, "Well, that's just a conspiracy theory," and then everybody? everybody it's like calling somebody a racist. You know, it's a, it, you're supposed to feel a certain way. It's like pre-programmed emotional response, like uh, Brianna was talking about earlier. So if, if I if I call someone a conspiracy theorist, I always use the nasal tone. You're a conspiracy theorist. You know, because that's that's what liberals sound like, right? You're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. I said, okay, well, what's that supposed to mean? You know, it's like if you don't give the pre-programmed response, it's like when say, you're a racist. You know, remember Rush yeah. Limbaugh used to have uh, his his favorite person. I forgot the name of his favorite lefty. You're a racist. All right. Well, go ahead to find that. What are you talking about? What does that mean? Or prove it? Or you know, and, I mean, <laughs> and, and, and if truly, you don't give, and go truly, ahead. Greg, uh-huh. a lot of this conspiracy theory, it's it's real. It's mm-hmm. true. There's well, a lot of theory. it, it's true. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yes, you, ma'am. You know, yeah. What well, you said, no, it's not, it's not a theory. Hold on, hold, hold on, one at a time. Let's see, Josie finish, for, and then I'll get Go to ahead, Josh. Go ahead, Josh. All right, in that case. No, <laughs> okay, no, I was just I was just going to say, once uh, a conspiracy theory is proven to be true, it's no longer a conspiracy theory. It's an actual fact. Well, yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, but most well, well, of the conspiracy uh, theories over the past, like, decade, I've been proven to be true. Well, we'll take evolution, which is still a theory. Is that a conspiracy theory? <laughs> what, what if the next time some leftist says, well, evolution is the way the world is. There is no God. There is no creation. There is no nothing like that. And I said, well, that's just a conspiracy theory. Well, what? No, it's not. It's proven fact. No, it's not. It's still a theory. Prove it. Go ahead. Uh, Prove it. That, that's a lie. Huh? Well, I mean, I think people yes, confuse ma'am. adaptability. I think people confuse. Well, it falls on us. Let's talk about that because I think it's a great conspiracy theory. So evolution is based on the idea that mutations can create entirely new species. Well, that doesn't make any sense because mutations are, are a problem. You know, if you have your DNA mutate, it means something went wrong. So how can something that goes wrong with your DNA of your species be an improvement? Well, it can't. So in other words, all of a sudden, this same mutation 
is going to make other mutation is going to is going to occur you know throughout an entire species enough to create another species that doesn't make sense yeah. And, and yeah, well, let me ask you something. Okay, and who wants to go first? People. Skin is a mutation. All right, let's go. Let's go, uh, Pianki, then Josie. So, what were you saying, Pianki? People say that white skin is a mutation. Oh, you have possible. white tigers, white lemurs. You have uh, white uh, carrots. Actually, mm-hmm. carrots are orange is a mutation, and normal carrot is white. Because it can't get sunset. So if white's a mutation, so we're talking Caucasians, of which I am, and Josh is. Boy, we, have, we actually have a, a, monop- a, a, a preponderance of Caucasians on the show this morning, which is highly unusual, but that's okay. Um, so the Caucasus Mountains in Russia, the steppe, people with predominantly type B blood, and that would include me, um, that's the, we're the original Caucasians. Were we evolved from uh, a different skin color, or were we just started there? I don't know. Well, if human life began on sub-Saharan, on the equator, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been white because you no, wouldn't have been. survive. Yeah. And so when those people often travel, wandered off the front porch against uh-huh. Mama's wishes, they ended up someplace and they had to use <laughs> it to survive. Yeah. Yeah, dad said, get the hell out of here. And mom said, no, my baby's out here. And so, so then the Africans, sub-Saharan Africans, wandered up and became the, the blonde, blue-eyed Swedes and Norwegians at some point. Well, I'm, what, uh, I'm just curious. what the evidence shows. Okay. So, 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 so when did white people... No, wait, no, wait, wait a minute. When, when did white people come about? Now I'm curious. So when were the first white people? A little ancestry history here. That has go back about a couple hundred thousand years ago, I believe. So when were the first black people? That goes back over a million years. Okay. Well, you would think goes, that black that people with a million years. back to Noah's time. So wait a minute. If black people have a, have a million years of history and white people only have a couple hundred thousand, you would think that by now. Well, what you, no. got, is, what you got is modern day homo sapiens. Is what right. you have. You have okay. to look at the times when people uh, migrated into the northern regions. Right. And that migration and staying in those areas, you would have had to change in order to adapt. Well, it makes sense what because, I know, you know, go ahead, Jesse. I'll, I'll say my right. comment. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. What I know is that one of the sons of Noah, that's where the race black came, but the white uh, was first. Uh, and I'm a Latina. Yeah, I'm like halfway in between. No, it came from one The ham story was created at the Council of Jambia around 70 AD. That was about mm-hmm. some Jewish, uh, some Jewish priests. Are you talking about the Council of Nicaea? No, not Nicaea. Nicaea no. was Constantine called that. You had a council in Jamia. Jamia is a little bit north, a little bit east of present day, what you call present day Israel, which didn't exist back in those days. Mm-hmm. According to old maps, you don't see it. 
It, it goes way back during Noah's time, okay? So Noah had three sons, and, and the black race comes awesome. from Ham. I'm sorry, what's yeah, the beef here? The Ham story is a story about Ham and Noah's three sons. That's not genetically impossible. Okay. Look they have a right to believe it if they want to. Yeah. But it's true. Yeah. No, so, it's you know, not true. I see a so lot, I see a lot of the people. You're saying that the earth is 4,000 years old. 7,000. Yeah. Not million. People well, say millions biblical, and millions and millions. The biblical story goes back. The biblical story only goes back to about 4,000 B.C. Yes, before Christ, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you got other you got other existence of civilization that goes back way further than that. Mm-hmm. Well, you just have to records you just have to read Genesis records in the beginning. Records hey, well guys, there hey guys, neutral party. I got here. to go. Let's... I wish I I wish I can stay, Greg. Yeah, this is getting I, interesting. I know. I wish I can stay, but I'm going to continue to listen to you guys. But read your well, Bible. Go to Genesis, the beginning. Let's let's get a good uh, talk about your store, and then let's uh, make yeah, sure we get you, you all your information. Um, reach me at Root Uniform Shops, 850-478-7756. And it's one of the best uniform stores in town. We yep, we're going to do video there. Bilingual. <laughs> God bless. God bless you. Bye-bye. Yeah. So no, I'm going to do a video there. Um, I've got I did my first one with Wendy Arthur. We did the Oh My God report. And I'm going to go uh, to Josie's store uh, and um, take a look. And, you know, I've been there before. Actually, there this, <laughs> I had to pick up a, a cotton mask at one point way back when, just for appearances sake. Um, came in handy a couple times. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, so I've been to Ruth's Uniform Store. It's, it's a great store in Pensacola. So I'll be doing a video from there probably about half an hour like we did with, uh, with Wendy. In fact, I want to get to all of our local folks um, at some point so you can, you can meet the people you know, face-to-face and see them. Um, let's take a break, and then we can continue this, or I've got a ton of other issues that are, that are happening right now. Let me just go through the list, give you something to think about. I want to take a break. So we've got uh, evolution. We've got how old the earth is. Those are always interesting things to talk about. My, my post on Facebook earlier, trans rights, how can you have a right to something you can never be and force us to believe the impossible just to please you? That's what I wrote. I'm going to check my own Facebook page because that one was attracting a bunch of attention. Uh, Brandon has ended, well, sort of, <laughs> the COVID emergency, uh, but he's also ending Title 42 as well. See, that's the, the distraction is he's ending the COVID emergency, even though he's really not. He's ending the federal waivers. Um, but the real distraction is once Title 42 is over, then there's no health restrictions on illegals coming in the country. Great timing, huh? Uh, I think isn't this is 40, too- Isn't Title 42 uh, was passed by Congress? Mm-hmm. Oh, he can't end that. Of course, he can't do anything. He's not even the president. But, you know, no, you're right. He can't. Um, but in other words, to was stop. President. He can't end a, a congressional act. That's right. He can't. He, he's, supposed to, he's, supposed to be the, he's supposed to be the executor. He's supposed to make sure that it is applied. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it's an impeachable offense. Congress can impeach him for it for getting rid of Title 42. It was a duly passed law of Congress, and it's the duty of the president to uphold it. If not, you answer know, to I Congress, why not? So, yeah, you're absolutely right. But here's the problem. Sometimes, you, sometimes you're ready to just throw up your hands because of stupidity. It's beyond ignorance. It's stupid. 
Oh, yeah. Well, it's the idiocracy. But you've got people that are pulling Brandon's strings, most likely uh, Obama and Hillary Clinton, uh, and some of the other twiddlies back there, the leftists. Uh, basically, Obama's cabinet that's not in office right now, or maybe the ones that are. Uh, but yeah, they're 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 pulling the strings, and so all these bad things are happening. But the thing is, the geldings don't don't uh, delete the White House budget. They don't delete his travel budget. They don't punish him for breaking the law, and they should. You know, the House you should know be immediately what you, withholding. What needs to be studied is uh-huh. right here in front of your face is what's going on in Nashville. See how what? that kicked off and how it's been exploited. Listen yeah. to the words that's being used, like James Clyburn talking about white supremacy. And he uh, remembered the days of old of what this Tennessee legislative body had the right to do. The federal government has no control over how that body operates. Matter of fact, it's the other way around. That body should have control over the federal government. Mm-hmm. Then they hijack these kids' movement. They use these kids. Mm -hmm. These kids don't even know why they're marching. I asked one on uh, YouTube. I said, well, what do you look at as uh, gun reform? Well, we don't get killed in school. That's what she said. I can show it to you. Well, you wouldn't get killed in school if you had, uh, we had our previous culture. We had fathers in the home. We had, uh, you know, decent morals and values. You know, we had God. Uh, and I'm not a big prayer in school fan, but, uh, but certainly, you know, the, the belief in God and a supreme being and that you're going to be judged one day, you know, really kind of changes your behavior. <laughs> you know, all those things are good. But it's a cultural problem because, as we all know, kids brought guns to school for years for hunting, for sport, for, uh, you know, the New York schools. They bring 22 rifles on the subways. No one cared. Another rifle team. And what they don't know is that mm-hmm. the Constitution is carved in stone. So the Tennessee state legislature can't do anything. Well, maybe what they could do is go around and and uh, confis- not confiscate, but uh, what do you call it? Lock up all the people that's been on puberty rockets. I mean, that's one kind well, of thing in the last half dozen or so, man. Well, I asked that. Remember when I asked that question, should people who have gone through uh, alleged, you know, or what we call transmutation surgery and drugs, should they be allowed to own guns? I remember asking that question. That, that caused a little bit of stir, too. Let's take a quick break. So it's, it's, 10, it's 9.06. We've got uh, less than an hour left. Uh, I, I want to go to Pianchi when we come back and, and see. Well, I want to explore this Tennessee thing a little more because there's so much going on in Tennessee right now. It's like the focal point for so much. So let's talk about the, the riots in the legislature, the murders from the trans you know, person, uh, and some of the other things that there was another school, there was another shooting in a bank, I think in Tennessee also, uh, or was that in another state next door? Maybe it was Kentucky, but anyway, uh, the lie is happening in the South right now. And I find it quite fascinating. So let's, uh, let's chat in a couple of minutes. Greg Penglis here for my book, the complete guide to flight instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. 
The complete guide to flight instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stars Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stars Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't, which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care, and now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. And we are back. I got Bianca on the line. I got Josh on the line. Um, we've got some interesting things to talk about here for the remainder of our show. Um, Tennessee, uh, something's going on there. 
you know, you've got murders, you've, you've got trans, uh, probably, uh, you know, uh, psychedelic drug induced, uh, psychotropic drug induced, you know, um, violent leftist psychological abuse, you know, all these things going on with these people. Um, and they're, they're all operating in gun-free zones. Um, and the, everything that's happening is a product of the left. It's the left that creates the gun-free zones. It's the left that has uh, gun laws that take away guns from honest uh, law-abiding citizens. It's the left that does all the psychological abuse. It's the left that puts everybody into psychology with psychotropic drugs that have homicidal and suicidal tendencies, as reported in the physician's desk reference. I'm not just making this up. So the left is creating assassins, basically. Uh, that's one thing that's going on. Uh, they're hate, they're, they're hate getting, creating what they call hate crimes. Is the, that's, uh, the, the, the trans altered are, are assassinating Christians for being Christian. You know, so this is, a, this is a strange time. This is the same place where the Scopes monkey trial, the evolution trial happened back in the 1920s when this teacher named Scopes was teaching evolution. And uh, it, it was Tennessee or Kentucky, I'm not sure where it was. Anyways, they're next to each other. So this area of the country uh, had a big trial. And the, the two uh, lawyers, yeah, thank you, uh, Lord, Clarence thank you. Darrow and uh, William Jennings Bryan, uh, were giants of their day. Clarence Dow was the, the best, biggest defense attorney at the time, like F. Lee Bailey and like probably Alan Dershowitz now. Uh, and F, uh, William Jennings Bryan ran for president three times. So this is, this is a hotbed of, of controversy in the, in the country. You've got uh, you know, the so-called Bible Belt, in other words, a, a strong fundamental Christian community, and you've got uh, leftists. And they, they seem to be meeting in, in Kentucky and Tennessee. And I'm just curious what, uh, what you think. Pianchi, was that you wanted to get in on this? Well, yeah, that was something that was talked, that was argued back early on mm-hmm. until science has came along and started proving things wrong. Well, what, what was proved wrong? Are we talking about creation versus about evolution? Yeah. Well, see, I don't see anything incompatible. Now, now Josie, you know, and not, not to talk about it like she's not here, but a lot of folks believe, you know, a very strict interpretation, or not interpretation, but a very strict reading of the Bible, this is the world was created about 7,000 years ago. To me, I disagree. That doesn't make sense to me. You know, you look at carbon dating and the age of dinosaur bones and the ancient societies, what the Abyssinians and Babylonians and Assyrians and Carthaginians, you know, they've been here for a long time. <laughs> long, long time. Uh, and then you talk to... Uh, uh, Chief Dan Skyhorse, he's talking about 60,000 years of Creek tribe history, you know, in the United States and, and history before that uh, in Central America, like the Mexican area where, where the Creek, you know, tribe came from. And who knows how far back well, that goes? The longest, the longest huh? and most accurate recording of history mm-hmm. comes out of Egypt. Okay. One reason why is because they carved in stone. And you can see the carvings today. Hmm. So, how far back are we talking? What, what is it? The is it the Egyptian ancient Egyptian society hieroglyphics and all that stuff? Well, it wasn't hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics is the Greek term. They called it meta nature. In other words, the words of the of the gods, D O D S. Although they didn't use gods at that time either. Right. But the nature is speech. And some of those uh, artifacts, like that of Her M. Aket, Her M. Aket, better known as the Sphinx, mm-hmm. there is water fissures on the side of that uh, that monument. That monument used to be covered in sand, by the way, all the way up to his head. 
It dates back well, over 10,000 years. Yeah, I know Napoleon's yeah, troops rain. used it for target practice because they were idiots. But, uh, yeah. Napoleon's troops did shoot cannon the nose off the Sphinx. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> and I've been in home. I've been in Nubian houses uh-huh. there in Aswan. And I'd be sitting in the living room, and there's no roof over the house at that part because it never rains. Oh, that's interesting. And it's probably the best way to get rain the over 15,000 years. And the only reason why you do get climatic changes is because they created the dam. Well, all the low water, the high water dam, that was created, uh, you know, not that awful long ago in order to produce hydroelectricity. So that huh. dam is called is Lake Nasser. And, of course, the climate changes around the dam produces what we have. And at one point in time, when people started hearing thunder, it scared the hell out of them because they never heard thunder. Hmm. That makes sense. So what is it about – well, actually, I know what, what about Egypt. You had the most fertile valley in the world, the Nile Valley. You know, the Nile River and the, the Nile Delta, some of the most fertile land in the world. That's where Mike Lindell gets his Giza cotton from. You know, so it makes sense that civilization yeah, grew up there. In the watermelon well, that's interesting. I didn't know why they had watermelon in Egypt. Who knew? The other place, of course, is Mesopotamia. You know, the Tigris and Euphrates, so the whole the whole valley, you know, was also some of the most fertile land in the world. So that civilizations aren't stupid. They grow up around water and plants. <laughs> you know, transportation, fresh water, uh, and, uh, agri- and agriculture. That's what, you know, what, what are the three things you need for, for a society? Roads, sewers, and... Uh, um, fresh water. <laughs> you know, that's what makes it work. That's it. Anyway. Um, well, you can fly on? over Egypt. You can fly uh-huh. down the Nile. Fly down the Nile, and you can see on either side of it stretching uh-huh. in. I guess maybe, maybe five or ten miles, and it's fertile. It's green, but beyond it, it's desert. But oh yeah, one well, point only goes so far. Looking at, yeah. Well, that's because of the irrigation that the farmers use in order to bring fresh water off the Nile in order to irrigate their crops. Right. In canals. Okay. Well, let's get back to uh, – I've got a couple of other topics that, that we can cover in the next little bit. But what is it about uh, Tennessee, Kentucky? What, why the South? Why is, why is this – um, becoming a conflict. You know, we, the South had conflict before. When the Democrats ran segregation, there was huge conflicts. And then we got civil rights. So what's going on now? Now, now they seem to be, and the Democrats they, are pushing. They want to change, the, they want to change the political climate in the South. Okay. And no, the stronghold. In the South. Josh? Yes, sir. Uh, no, uh, what happened in Nashville was terrible. They showed up quick. End of the situation, well, like, what, 16 minutes? What happened in Louisville? It's it's all the same nonsense, man. <laughs> it has nothing to do with, um, I mean, it's not about, like, the person's ability to acquire a tool to be terrible. You're going to be terrible if you're going to be terrible. Well, no, I'm not, do I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to do a gun control discussion. We've, we've settled those. But what I want to talk about is, is the person that did it. So you've got a, you've got a university shooting, Which I think, of one? three people. 
Well, this is I want to, this is why I, okay. I want to keep these straight in my head. So let's take them one by one, so everybody knows what we're talking about. So you've got the 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 murders at the Nashville school, the the Christian kids and, and teachers, by the person yes. who thinks they're they're transitioning. Um, you've got the three right. that were killed on a university. I'm not sure who the person did that was, uh, and then you had the bank uh, assassin who used to work in or work and in Louisville. So that's, that's Louisville. Okay. So so what's what's the uh, the the college one? Where's that? Is that Nashville also? Or is that Louisville? No, 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 no. Hold on, time out. <laughs> the the there was three children and three adults that died in Nashville. Right, I know that one. We talked about that one. And then there but there's were, another one. I know, and then there was the one in Louisville. Uh, I think you tossed in something in between there. Well, yeah, there was another one. There's three people that were. There was a bank where someone killed four or five people in a bank. Yeah, no, think. that's in Louisville. That's in Louisville. Okay, so yeah, so what is Louisville, the without Kentucky. mentioning their name? What what's the characters of that person? Are they leftists? Are they on psychotropics? Uh, are they trans? Uh, who are they? I'm, I'm no. I'm, okay, from what I understand, that individual posted photos on their social media as an LGBT plus ally, but that individual was about to be fired from the bank. They were employed by the bank, and they left a note for their family, and then they went on a shooting spree. You know, so we're talking, okay, so this is interesting because this is, is one of the symptoms of our, of our modern society. Um, background noise, I got background noise. Whoever's rustling papers, uh, just, just mute yourself uh, if, you're not, if you're not talking. Um, but this is one of these things today that people feel if, something's done to, if something happens to them, like they're fired, that they, they can exact retribution. They can make people pay. They can do whatever they want, and it's okay because they got fired. Back in the old days, you know, when we got fired, we said, okay, I'm going to go find another job. <laughs> Obviously, I can't. I'm not welcome here. You know, and that's what we did. I've been fired. I've been fired a few times, most recently off uh, a really good radio station for, uh, because they fired everybody. You know, they, they bought another company bought the station and, and got rid of everybody. So, I mean, that's, that just happens. I'm not crazy about it, obviously, but, but, but you know, the people that, that were, if, if everybody was fired from a radio station, got violent, you, you'd have like a, you'd have like radio station, serial killer employees out there. And you don't, why? Cause when people get fired, they go, okay, fine. You know, find another job. Yeah. Go ahead. The Democrats are not going to exploit that, that suicide. But what they're going to exploit is when you get a large crowd, these marches, <clears throat> and they want to get in the head, the, get to the head of the march and lead it in a direction that satisfies them. Okay. And when it's like uh, you got children marching because they don't know why they march. And, you know, you need to ask the teachers why you let these kids out. They need to be in school study. But yep. the thing is that uh, – the issue is they're turning it into a Second Amendment issue. They also are turning it into a vote them out and vote us in in the South. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to turn these states uh, blue that's red. Arkansas, not Arkansas, Tennessee is a heavily red state. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to change. The, the, the press, like Harris showing up. Vice President Harris showing up in response to what's going on in the General Assembly, General Assembly being the legislature. The federal mm-hmm. government has no concern over that legislature. 
That's right. There's nothing they can tell that legislature to do. But it looks good. Biden can't tell that legislature to do nothing. If anything, it's the other way around. So they take these kids, and then you got politicians, Cori Bush, so she always do use words like white supremacy. In the media, too, white supremacy, mm-hmm. white nationalism, racism. Yeah, and we're trying to make a correlation of what they're witnessing today. The then you have somebody like James Clyburn come up and say, yes, I remember this back when I was a kid, <laughs> trying to keep blacks from talking. Well, apparently now the, the, the black representatives are taking a, a megaphone into the, the assembly and screaming. So obviously they're not prevented from talking, but they were expelled. I just want to, I'm trying to understand why the third person, the woman, was not expelled too. That just, that no, just no, me very I can, no, I, I can, I can easily explain that. Okay, explain it then. So you had two young men who were black who walked in there yelling, raising communist fists, going pretty crazy, okay. raising the crowd, everybody's going crazy. And then you had the, the old white lady sitting off to the side, kind of, she was there. But okay, she so she didn't participate she at the same level then as the other two. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Well, then, but then no, she but shouldn't this have been expelled. Ex- then she shouldn't have been expelled. No, no. Right. Yeah, I know. She shouldn't. Yeah. No, that's why she remained. Okay. But this is the funniest thing about this stuff. When it comes to this, she said, those two young men were, uh, they're black and they were, uh, they were removed from the office and uh, the reason I remained is I'm white. You know, if she was actually... No, virtue signaling is not the same thing as having a virtue. If she actually had virtue, she would have stepped down to remain alongside them, but she didn't oh, do absolutely. that because Solidarity, she Solidarity, man, power, power to the people. Yeah. Well, what, what yeah, do the leftists want? If, if two black guys commit a crime in a legislature, do they want two white guys to resign because there's white supremacy? Is that what they're trying to say? That's insane. That's irrational. Uh, I better pick uh, two white guys because you know, we can't uh, send the black done. guys out because that'll be racist. Even though the black guys did it, that's it, that's that's really no, what the left is saying, isn't it? In, the, in this partic- no, in this particular situation, this woman had an opportunity. If she was actually as virtuous as she claims to be, yeah, you've, okay, you've already she said had that. An yeah, you're right. Right. Okay. We. Yeah. But but I'm, I want to get to the fact that what is the left really calling for? If they're saying this is a, a result of Nothing. white supremacy, do they want two white guys who didn't do it? resign um, because to kick out the two black guys who did do it would be racist. Let me get Pianchi on this one. You think this is an ideology. Hold on, Josh. Hold on, Josh. You got Corey Bush, who's a congressperson in Missouri, making those claims. Okay, well, let's talk about Corey Bush. She don't have anything to do with uh, Tennessee. Does she expect white people to resign in place of black people who didn't do it? To show no, that there's no white well, supremacy. Well, what does she want? They do that. Like in Minneapolis, the school districts say they're going to lay off white teachers before they lay off black teachers. Mm. But the thing is, is that it's about the politics. They're trying to mm-hmm. do several things at one time, and that's what you're you're looking at. You got you even brought out Joanne Bates. I don't know if you know her. She goes all the way back to the 1964 Civil Rights March. In D.C. with with King, she's I'm not familiar with her. Holding yeah. hands with uh, Jones, singing "We Shall Overcome" and we ain't gonna turn around. 
Well, so how does that strike you that that oh, we, we shall overcome instead of uh, uh, breaking you know illegal uh, laws that uh, violate civil rights has now been translated to we can cause an insurrection and we can get away with it because we're minorities who are oppressed. I mean that's that's a total the reversal. Men, the, the two were punished for breaking rules. When you right. in some of these communities, rules don't apply. It's right or right. wrong. What are they right? Well, it's a rule. It's not right. Well, you wanted to join the club, so when you join the club, do you not expect that you're going to abide by the rules? If you join one of your uh, black fraternities, you abide by the rules. Yeah, no, exactly. Wait, you want to Hang on. NAACP just expelled John Gaston from the St. Louis County branch, and he was president. They got rid of him because he spoke out against a Title IX decision, something. Yep. And the NAACP said it goes against our rules, so they got rid of it. Well, I have an article that says that Title IX, the, 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 the Department of Education, um, said that – let me see if I can find that one because that one's – that was a pretty interesting article. That everybody, you know, says that uh, it, to keeping trans altered people off a sports team uh, is against Title IX, when in actual fact it's the opposite. Letting trans altered people on a sports team is against Title IX. Let me see if I can find it real quick. That was a great article. Uh, another one on state nullification. We should, we can get to that one too. I know that's a big thing. Uh, favorite of Pianki's. Uh, here we go. I found it. All right. So this is from the National Review. Education Department concludes that Connecticut's inclusion of transgender athletes in women's sports, in other words, men, uh, violates Title IX. And this is by Zachary Evans, May 28, 2020. So it's a little bit older, um, but uh, it's still interesting. It's still interesting. U.S. Because you don't hear about this today. U.S. Department of Education has concluded that Connecticut's policy of allowing transgender athletes, in other words, men, to compete in women's sports is a violation of Title IX. Well, how come that decision isn't holding today? Where's the Department of Education today? The article says the Department's Office of Civil Rights determined that Connecticut's policy denied female student-athletes athletic benefits and opportunities, including advancing to the finals in events, higher-level uh, higher competitions, awards, medals, recognition, and the possibility of greater visibility to colleges and other benefits. And this is a March 15th letter obtained by National Review. So they got it right back then. They, got it, they had it right in 2020. What the hell happened? Then it says the department was investigating a case brought by three female high school students whose districts, following state guidance, in other words, Connecticut, allowed transgender athletes, men, <laughs> to compete against female students. The students are currently suing their districts and state athletic conference, alleging a violation of Title IX rules that bar federal funding to programs that discriminated against women. So, so I think they got it right in 2020. Any program that allows men to compete against women violates Title IX. So this is why he got uh, defended. This is in the letter. It says, you have publicly spoken out in support of proposed state legislation that been the state of Missouri that would make it more difficult for survivors of sexual assault at Missouri State Universities to come forward with their claims and have them adjudicated. Johnson said to Gaskin in the letter, he went on to say that Gaskin violated 
the NAACP bylaws by making the endorsement without approval from the NAACP branch executive committee. This was back mm-hmm. during the time when they was having these issues at uh, universities where uh, women would come out and accuse men, and men did not have the ability to defend themselves. And that's what the president was basically deciding that men should have, males should have the ability to defend themselves with these charges. Mm-hmm. And these charges went on with, and, and then they went on, you see what happened to Bill Cosby, you see what's happened to uh, Kavanaugh, and, you know, that was the beginning of that. Yeah, it's a little different than Title IX, though, but that, those are basically sex discrimination cases where the women were believed, the men were not. Uh, male students on college campuses were thrown off. Uh, regardless of, of evidence against them, real or imagined, uh, and they end up suing and winning when <laughs> they come back on, on the campuses. But, yeah, there's a, there's a huge sex discrimination. That's not Title IX. Title IX refers to sports. In other words, it says that you cannot discriminate against women's sports. So, in other words, if you have a men's football team, you have to have a women's football team. Now, they don't have to get equal money. I mean, it's not that bad. It's not a dollar-for-dollar dollar match, but you still have to have them, and you can't prevent or discriminate against or, or have, you know, non-women playing on women's teams. That's part of Title IX. Well, now they didn't say that exactly, but it's just, in other words, you can't discriminate. You can't change the character of women's teams. Of course, now they change it with, by throwing guys on it. Um, but, that is, but now all these other cases are saying you can't and that to, the, the situation's reversed. And they're saying that you, you have to put men on women's swim teams. Otherwise, otherwise, that's discriminating against them. Well, it's not. It's discriminating against the women. Anyway, let's tie this up. I actually had a different topic. I totally forgot my topic today. I had a couple of science articles I wanted to get to. Uh, so I want to do that in, uh, in the next, the last 25 minutes of the show so we actually cover what we're supposed to cover today, uh, or at least that I had picked. Any other comments on this? And then we'll, uh, we shall move on, as they say. Well, my only comment is, is that is the, the incidents surrounding this and what's come out of this is a bunch of bogus malarkey BS. Mm-hmm. And as I well, said before, the Democratic politicians are exploiting these children, these youth concerns, and turning it into their own political haymaker. That's what they're doing. I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Only if you got a, you've seen it before and know what you're looking at, can you reveal it today. And all you got to do is look at the people who's coming out. Yeah. Like I say, join base, B-A-E. Z goes all the way back to the civil rights era. She's a white female. Yeah. I think she's lesbian, but I'm not sure. (laughs) If I can say the exact same thing he just said, uh, don't lie. Any lie is a lie. Every time, it doesn't matter. Don't lie. Okay. Let me ask something a little different here. Matter of fact, the lady that didn't get kicked off, She's walking arm in arm like they're coming out of marriage ceremony with uh, <laughs> this one guy, Jumpy. Well, she's in solidarity, but yeah. she won't give up her position, which is kind of funny. All right. Let's right. See. She no, she's doing it. Yeah, she's no expecting lie. to use this to help her get elected. Of course. Thank you. I want, to get, uh, I, want, I want to get your opinion on something. I want to do something a little different here. Like I said, I'm trying to change the show up a little bit. Uh, I found a website, Astronomy and Science, that has an article uh, titled, This is Huge, Scientists Successfully Warp, as in, you know, Star Trek, warp time in a lab based on Einstein's theory. And this is by the, the person that wrote this is Lamry, L-A-M-R-E, they don't give a first or last name, November 28th, uh, last year. 
So I just stumbled on this. It's, it's a last year's article, but maybe four or five months ago, but still it's interesting. So scientists have recently found a way to warp time on the smallest scale ever. Einstein's theory of general relativity says that when there are strong gravitational fields or very fast speeds, time may be bent. This is called the slowing down of time. This is, this is what makes, makes space travel possible. My, my next article is on that. It says clocks also tick in different ways depending on the gravity. Scientists at uh, Gila, J-I-L-A, uh, use the most accurate clocks on Earth to calculate time dilation on the smallest mm-hmm. scale ever. Uh, Gila, or Jaila, was made by the National Institute of Standards and Technology, the NIST, and the University of Colorado Boulder, UCB. With this experiment, they have found a way to make clocks that are 50 times more accurate than those on the market right now. How do you make a clock 50 times more accurate? That's pretty good. Anyways, this is a study which was published in Nature on Wednesday. says that the achievement could help solve... All right, still getting background noise. Who do I mute? One of you guys have to mute. Someone's making background noise. Paper shuffling, things like that. Let's try Josh's line. Josh, I'll get back to you. Just hang tight. The study was published in Nature on Wednesday says that the achievement could help solve some of the universe's scientific mysteries, such as the union of general relativity and quantum mechanics. I know you want to hear about that this morning. I can tell. It says the goal of these scientists is to link time and space in their minds, which means to show that they are linked and affect each other. Scientists at Gila have spent the last few years trying to make atomic clocks more accurate. Atomic clocks are the most accurate way to measure time because they can lose only one second in 15 billion years. That's pretty, how come they don't gain a second? Anyway, but that's what they say. One second per 15 billion years. Says, As atomic clocks get more accurate, scientists may be able to look at atomic waves at the curvature of space-time where the classical and quantum worlds meet. Studies at Gila, or scientists, were able to measure time slowing down from just one millimeter away. Scientists may be able to learn about, more about what happens when time slows down over long distances with the help of the small achievement. So in other words, we could get, I guess, to a far-off planet uh, and not have any time elapsed if we're actually bending time. The question is then, is the, do the astronauts get older? One would hope not. Just a thought. Since so they were also able to keep the atoms in a state called quantum coherence for 37 seconds, during which time they behaved in a way that could be predicted. Well, that's interesting. Skip all the pictures. I think that's it. That's it for the article. So you think, guys, bending time, time warps, Star Trek, bring Josh back. Are you excited by the possibilities? I mean, I did. Well, it would be nice. But I don't think they're going to do it. Okay. Just curious. Let's see if I find my other article here. Warp time. Warp speed to be able to travel with speed of light. Um, that's what I guess they're hoping to, they're hoping just to bend time. So if they can make time actually warp, in other words, bend, we think of warp as as something else, but yeah. So in other words, it'd be time bending. Well, that's what, that's what Star Trek, that's how they got around. They had warp speed. Yeah, no, I I watched Stargate SG-1, you know, I'm a little bit educated on the subject. No, I just, yeah, if that was a real thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So we're not, we're not time bending. We're not, humanity. Okay. I'm we're sorry? not bending time yet. So we're not bending time yet. Uh, is what you're saying? Yeah, we're not. We're not doing that. Okay. Well, how about this one? 
This is from thespaceacademy.org. And the headline is, NASA's new Vassimer plasma engine could reach Mars in less than six weeks. That's V-A-S-I-M-R. Sounds like a Russian. This is NASA recently, and this is from March 24th, 2023, so this is just a couple weeks ago. Uh, article is from, I guess it's just from the website. They don't give a, they don't give a person. Thespaceacademy.org. NASA recently developed, uh, delivered, excuse me, $10 million in funding to add Astra Rocket Company of Texas for further development of its variable-specific impulse magnetoplasma or magnetoplasma rocket, Vassimer, an electromagnetic thruster proficient uh, of propelling a spaceship to Mars in just 39 days. NASA's funding was part of the 12 Next Space Technologies for Exploration Partnership. Uh, Ad Astra's rocket uh, will travel 10 times quicker than today's chemical rockets while using one-tenth the amount of fuel. Sounds too good to be true. The Vassimer system would cut the trip to Mars by months, according to Franklin Chang Diaz, a former MIT student, NASA astronaut, and now CEO of Ad Astra. Typical thing. So I got the diagram of the engine here, and uh, it's kind of interesting. So in the front, it's got gaseous propellant injection system. It's a big tube. Regulates the flow of hydrogen or helium. Next thing, it goes to a quartz tube. Confines the neutral gas before it ionizes. It's got a helicon antenna. Ionizes the gas uh, to form plasma. Uh, magnetic coils generate a field that confines the ionized particles. Then uh, antenna heats uh, plasma to many degrees, uh, millions of degrees Kelvin, millions of degrees. So this thing gets really hot. Then the magnetic nozzle creates a directed plasma flow. So in other words, it takes a tank of stuff, heats it, magnetizes it, zaps it at the back end, and uh, it's, a, it's a plasma rocket as opposed it, to a chemical rocket. I just This plane comes from Saudi Arabia? No. Where does the claim uh, come from? From NASA. NASA says that we can get to Mars in six weeks. Mm-hmm. Less than six weeks with this new rocket. You know, on the idea of time warp, mm-hmm. if you take your belt, and your belt, I guess your belt was about 40 inches long, and you hold the belco in your right hand, and you hold the end of the belt in your left hand and stretch uh-huh. it out. Time warp would be to take your left hand and bring it down where it's closer to the buckle. Therefore, the time to get there would be less. Only if you go on a straight so line. If you saying, travel the length of the belt, it would be the same time, whether it's curved or straight. No, it wouldn't. You wouldn't travel the length of the belt. You would bypass all that to the loop and go straight to the end. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you go point to point, yeah, it'd be quicker. Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's what they're doing with time. I just find the well, they're trying to do that with uh, they're trying to do that with gravity. They make it and I, I need to. I like to sit on top. They make it look like uh, you know, like they say that the sun is like putting a big rock in the middle of your mattress and it, mm-hmm. the weight of it we call the uh, we call the depression is what they're saying and they saying that uh, space is so made like that makes sense let me give you some more of the article here it says according to Diaz 
This is like no other rocket that you have ever seen in the past. It is a plasma rocket. The Vassimer rocket is not used for launching things. It is used for things already in orbit. It's called a, uh, an in-space propulsion. So they, they, this thing won't get you through the atmosphere. Apparently it only works in space. So Vassimer heats plasma, an electrically charged gas, to exceptionally high temperatures, a million degrees, that's hot, uh, using radio waves. The system then uh, offers thrust by funneling the hot plasma out the back of the engine. So it's just like steam. <laughs> it's, basically steam. It's, like, it's a really complex steam engine. It says, according to Diaz, Vassimer will save thousands of gallons of rocket fuel and tens of millions of dollars a year. Well, that's cool. Let's see if I got uh, anything else on this here. Yeah, that's it. Then they got a video. And the word I was looking for was fabric. Huh. I mean, that's really cool, Greg. But the the, the 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 problem is is that you have to get these things have to begin in space because by the time you use fuel to get off the earth to get into space, you're talking about a lot of fuel. What's going oh, yeah, to be the breakthrough if anti gravity uh-huh. yeah. vehicle? These things are, yeah, these things will be built in space, is what it sounds like. So we need more space stations, yeah, we my, need bigger friend, NASA my programs. My friend hasn't watched uh, Starship Troopers. Now I love Starship Troopers. It's one of my favorite films of all yes. time. Yes, however, absolutely. However, it's a sarcasm. It's a it's a government satire. It's not about you know really modern space stuff. I mean, they're still using bullets in those guns. I mean, where are the phasers? <laughs> I mean, get real. No, the reason that anybody likes Starship Troopers is they know that it's 1984 propaganda nonsense, but they appreciate it because it's so uh, appropriate for the time period. Their CGI makes sense. I don't even know what the hell we're doing these days. Hmm. Okay, well, I was just yeah. curious. Good thing I didn't base the show on these two articles <laughs> because it covered them in like five minutes. All right, let's get back to politics. So here's a question uh, for you. Let's something angry. Yeah, that sounds good. No, I just want to do a little science while I'm here, and I'll just I'll put a little note. We only spent five minutes on those two articles. <laughs> At least I noted the time when we did. All right, so, so Brandon's off to Northern Ireland, and Trump's got a major address tonight. And Brandon canceled the COVID. I want to try to get a leprechaun. <laughs> well, sure, he's going to try Hey, don't you say that about my people. Oh, no, they're your people. <laughs> well, sure, and Josh, I'll find yeah. out his name. Laddie. Hey, don't you talk, don't you be talking about my people that way? But I'll be talking about your people any way I want. It's my show. <laughs> I can talk this way. So sure, we got we got Joe Joe Brandon. Ah, strange lad. You're telling, you telling me let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Ah, he had an Irish accent. Ah. Anyway, so Brandon's off to Northern Ireland, which is funny because he hates the British. You know, he, here he is a Catholic allegedly who you think would associate with the Republic of Ireland uh, against England. He hates England. He hates Israel. He hates anything Western. He hates freedom. He hates all that stuff. So what's he going to Northern Ireland for? You know, that's not a single country. And that's literally a part of Britain. That's a fourth state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so Great I'm Britain pretty sure is... he's just tickling... Tickling the yeah. gonads of uh, England at that point because he is a terrible leader. Okay. Do you think it has anything to do with the fact that Trump has a major address tonight, primetime address? Oh, absolutely. No, Trump is – no. 
<laughs> if they're doing this two times, if this uh, if this is it going to be a two time thing where Biden is the front runner against Trump? No, uh, Trump. Gas was under two dollars when Trump was in charge. Right. Gas is now like almost four dollars. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't really care. No. <laughs> okay. Most people don't right. actually care about politics. Well, okay, for those of us that do, I mean, if you don't care about politics, they're probably not listening to my show. So to me, it looks like he's off to Northern Ireland. He's sneaking in a repeal of Title 42, as Pianke, you know, we talked about earlier, uh, under the guise of, of revoking the, the COVID emergency declaration, which he's really not doing. He's just revoking the waivers. Um, that is all, this, is, this is the smokescreen that Josie always talks about. What's the real story? Well, this is the real story. You know, the real story is he's, he's uh, trying to stop Trump in any way possible, even when Trump does things right. They already have a DA in uh, Manhattan trying to do that. I'm saying, obviously, mm-hmm. that's going to fail miserably. The guy, uh, based on the charges, the 34 uh, different counts in his indictment, is 136 years in prison. He, none of it's going to stick. That's obviously nonsense. Mm-hmm. But... I think I think this is really important, man. I actually had a conversation with uh, somebody earlier today about, like, the history of America. Mm-hmm. And the reason our founding fathers were so, like, uh, respected, because they came up with honor, and dueling was a thing back in the day. Now, if dueling was a thing today, do you think any of our politicians would be in office? Well, you know, it's funny you should mention the topic of dueling. Pianki, remember the show we did on dueling? Yeah. Wasn't it fun? Uh, Josh, if you go back to our, our history, take any shows, there's a broadcast, uh, there's a window at the top of every show, a little search window. Uh, just go action radio, comma, dueling. We did a show on this, and my contention is, absolutely, that if you, if you have the courage of your conviction strongly enough to face somebody in a duel with the potential of losing your life, that must mean you really believe what you're talking about. If you don't have that courage, then shut the hell up. <laughs> so yeah, I would love to yes! really come back. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And no, I see a place also, for dueling. if somebody uh-huh. challenged you to a duel and you said no, then you mm-hmm. were a coward, which would make our entire political class irrelevant. Well, let's 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 see if we can update uh, dueling to the modern age. We don't want people bleeding out, you know, in the middle of fields. That's not a good idea. So how can we have a duel that is a physical challenge with the risk of injury? I mean, I'm you know, saying that, but, uh, but that, but there, and, you know, there might be, an, well, of course you could always get out of a duel. Just apologize. <laughs> That's the easy way out of a duel. Oh, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Yeah. You're, you're not a white supremacist. Okay, fine. I'll take it back. Okay, good. We're done. You know, I mean, that's, that, that's why dueling works because it really put, put people to the test. So in other words, if Marjorie Taylor Greene, challenged Cory Bush to a duel when Cory Bush called Marjorie Taylor Greene a white supremacist, that would be interesting. That would be freaking hilarious. Pianchi? I thought I, I heard some laughter uh, in the background. That is, uh, is obese as uh, Cory Bush is. I think they could do better just wrestling. I think Marjorie would beat the hell out of her. Yeah, I know. She seems quick. She she seems like she could get low to the ground pretty quick. She could take her knees out. It would be done. I don't know about wrestling, but what could we do? What could we? You know, see, I was thinking of forming a wooden sword club. You know, here in Milton, Florida. 
uh, using a wooden sword club. Yeah. Okay. I just want to I want to make sure that you understand the words that just came out of your face. A wooden sword yeah. club. Uh huh. Yeah, wooden sword. That's what they used to practice with before they got metal swords because you didn't die. Yeah, that was for children practicing before. No, 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 no. I must correct you, young Padawan. No, wooden swords are not. In fact, Miyamoto Masashi, the greatest sword fighter that ever lived, samurai from, I think, the, the 1500s, said, I can kill somebody just as easily with a wooden sword as a metal sword. He was that good. He used to carry two right. swords. Right, but he, if he I were to approach that gentleman with a rifle, then he is dead, right? So right, but what I'm saying should, uh, is... What I'm saying is that modern dueling might involve wooden swords because the potential for death is less. You can still break an arm. But that's, you know? but that's no, 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 no. See, that's no the problem. Back in the day, no. See, we're, we're, I'm telling you, I had a conversation with somebody earlier about this. Um, okay. we, were, we were talking about the Founding Fathers. Right. The Founding Fathers lived in a time of honor and dueling. Dueling meant that you could die. If you were right. challenged for a legitimate reason, uh-huh. then you could probably die. If somebody called you out in your nonsense and you are actually being nonsensical, it's uh-huh. easy to turn down a duel if you're not wrong. But if you are wrong, you'd have to justify your position. You'd have to actually step on the field and hold a, you know, I guess, well, a pistol back in the day, maybe a rifle. I don't know. I don't know what Pistols people did are for back weenies. in the day. Pistols are for weenies. Alexander Hamilton was killed by Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr, you know, sucked as a human being. He was terrible. <laughs> you know, Aaron Burr was a little lot. Yeah, but he, do you know? Do you know how that happened? Well, go ahead, and tell me. Alexander Han- Alexander Hamilton called him out on his nonsense. <laughs> okay, and he lost. See, see, yes, see, the proper duel. The, the proper duel is the righteous person is supposed to win, but it doesn't always work out that way. No, that's not how. No, that's never been how history works. No, but we don't have that opportunity these days. I okay. would love for Nancy Pelosi to be sitting out there with a freaking revolver. <laughs> that would be yeah, hilarious. Yeah, I think to me. I think gun no gun dueling. I think is for weenies. I, I think swords. It have to be swords. If it's sword, that's hilarious. I would love to see AOC try to wield a samurai sword. That's adorable. Well, it's, you know, I, yeah, I was thinking more like a rapier, uh, which is which is the weapon, the dueling weapon. Of sure. Swords. Yeah. No. You know what? Okay. What? Go full on Middle Eastern. <laughs> oh, scimitar. Some, uh, shivs in that one. Scimitar yeah. is designed to to decapitate and and take off you know large chunks of your body. Those things are deadly. Uh, that's not a dueling yep. weapon. So if you have a dueling weapon to first cut, you know that would that would that's usually how these duels ended. I mean, yeah, people died because they were stupid because they walked into a blade, which you know you don't do that. But I'm just saying, if you want to have the courage of your conviction, I could I could see dueling. You know, people think the old ways are always stupid and barbaric. Oh, really? What like like uh, canceling somebody on TV and destroying their life publicly is not? That's 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 sensible. No. So this would be a great way for My people God. to get back. What if what if you could challenge the person that canceled your Twitter account to a duel? I think we're on to something. Exactly. Here. Okay. Yes. So maybe no, maybe we I should. I agree with uh, you wholeheartedly. Maybe we should have a civil. I'm gonna write this down here. This might be interesting. Have a have a uh, have a bill on on civil uh, dueling to resolve. We can. You know, e- you... you know what? 
we're we're pretty candy people now. If we put them up on softened uh, pedestals and let them slap each other with giant Q-tips, that might be something too. I'm just saying. There used to be honor and accountability back in the day. We don't practice that anymore. If you were corrupt yeah. back in the day, there's a good chance somebody's going to kill you. How you do dueling? Back to back and you take ten steps and turn around? Well, that's pistol I'm dueling. Around. Sword. Sword. Fixed step. Well, no, no. There was, is, um, is different. Yeah, no. There was um, everybody that participated in a duel. They had somebody to choose as their partner. So, you know, Alexander Alexander Hamilton had somebody, and then the guy who ended up killing him had somebody, and there would be a mutual, like, neutral party. And the neutral party would make the rules. Like, you take three steps, you take five steps, you take ten steps, you take mm-hmm. no steps. You just yeah, face each no other step. and shoot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's how it used to be, is that there was agreed-upon neutral parties that would uh, be the referee. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying it. we should go back to that. <laughs> well, no, but you think about it. If, if you that could would challenge, solve a lot of problems. <laughs> I think it would solve a lot of problems, you know, especially uh, it's a great equalizer. So in other words, if you could challenge the person that canceled your Twitter account, or if you could, if you could uh, maybe go after the lawyer that seized your property, or, or I don't know, be interesting. Uh, but in cases of honor, if someone slanders you in the press, do you have the right to challenge them to a duel? I would say yes. That's only because you're an honorable gentleman. Well, what if somebody challenges me who's dishonorable? Would well, that, I take them on? Well, that's Probably. your only problem. You're not. You're an honorable gentleman. Hmm. You stand by your word. You mean what yeah. you say. And if if someone challenged, well, if someone challenged me to a duel. Well, see, the thing is, the person who's challenging is it believes they're in the right. So you wouldn't challenge somebody to a duel who you had slandered. You just slander them, <laughs> you know. And they would, or they would say that slander and say, no, it's not slander. It's true. Now we've got an argument. Now it gets interesting. Well, yeah, see, but I, you do realize that would that would uh-huh. go so out of fashion like in the first month of that practice. I'm telling you, you'd be an honorable man the entire time. You'd tell the truth the entire time. You're going right. to watch a bunch of little punk people come up, yeah, I challenge you to duel, and then they get their head blown off because they're, they've never freaking shot a gun before, and they're afraid of guns. <laughs> you know? I, don't, I don't believe in, in gun duels. Gun duels are, are, you know, it's a whole different thing, and that you most likely are going to die. But Axe, this, no, you know what? Hatchets. The only way that you can have a duel from now on is hatchets. <laughs> Oh, those are really yeah. sick. They're deadly. No, I, I think know, swords are much man. better. You have much saying. better chance of surviving not, a sword fight. Unlo- I'm not, you know, yeah, really I know, but I'm not I'm not here to hold people's hands. Okay. Well, listen, let's leave it on that note. Let's think about dueling some more. I think it would be kind of interesting to do. Um, we've got a minute left, but I'm just going to take it and play some stuff. So thanks, Josh. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. So... As everybody has reminded me today, especially with all the nice things everybody said, uh, particularly uh, Josh and Josie, that uh, we do have a Give, Send, Go site, givesendgo.com slash action radio. And what would be really helpful, um, 
I think actually probably more so because this is this will be more of a long term. Uh, Ten dollars a month uh, subscription to my Substack articles, which I'll have a new one out today. And so the last one was the entire COVID timeline I collected over a course of a couple of years, all kinds of things to put stuff in perspective. Um, I've had the, my big tech sample lawsuit in one article. Uh, my favorite article so far is the nature, excuse me, the nation of government, where I actually describe Washington D.C. Uh, as a uh, as a country. So the nation of government. It's all at gregpengles.substack.com. So $10 a month if you can, uh, less if you can't. Um, that would be fabulous. That would be a huge help to me uh, and the show here. So give, excuse me, uh, gregpengles.substack.com. And, of course, our regular sites, uh, our site here for the show, blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. And our legislative site, writeyourlaws.com. And I'm going to get into more legislation and more of the stuff that, uh, that we do uh, that's what we do the best. So let me just find some stuff to play for you here. Should be right up front. Here it is. Okay. I'll see you all tomorrow morning at uh, 7 a.m. Uh, and think about dueling. Should be interesting. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three minute live call ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend Jason Myers and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strike Force is at StrikeForceEnergy.com. That's StrikeForceEnergy.com. Start your engines. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, 
social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.